Blog Talk Radio.
judgment comes upon the law. No time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk for lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for the lust. Blindly passing, they call you to join them. Fall into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his mark. God, we pray in Jesus' name, please, in Jesus' name, that you will continue to reveal to our hearts any time that we are walking even the slightest little bit outside of your will. Help us to understand your scriptures. Help us to be able to relate to you, Lord Jesus, intimately, and go back and take another look at the Gospels and understand the beauty of how you handled um, people that were just really awful to you. Um, and help us to understand that that's how we need to become. And sometimes, um, you know, saying nothing is the best thing to say of, at all. Uh, you know, or the best thing to say as you did. And we just praise you, Jesus, for your example, because it's such a wonderful example for each of us, each and every one of us, indeed, to follow. And we pray pray in Jesus' name that you will continue to lead us, each every one of us. I pray for every listener of this show in the name of Jesus, that every one of us will be, look, we have a lot of tough news, Lord. We, You know that we do. You know the day is dark. You know, I, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. You, there was a reason why you said that when we see all these things, we, it's the beginning of sorrows. If this is only the beginning of sorrows, then many of us will be emotionally crippled in the days ahead. And, um, I'm hoping that we are entered into the sorrows period at this point, Lord. I pray that we are. I pray for every listener of this program, past, present, and future. In the name of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, our King, I pray, Lord, please forgive each and every one of us of our sins. Help us to understand that we, if we confess of our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness, First John 1, 9. Help us to understand that you are there to lend us a helping hand. As long as we have the patience, we need to have the patience in, in, to continue to pray, to 
persevere, to never give up, and to be just like Abraham, and to go right up to the last second if that is what is required. But we must never stop praying. We must never stop seeking you because you will answer our prayers. Uh, And sometimes you'll even answer our prayers after we're already well with you at the marriage supper, we pray. Help us, Lord. Help each and every one of us, we pray, in the name of Jesus, to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth, indeed, that are already upon the earth in many cases, and stand right there before you. Stand right there before you. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray for every person. In Jesus' name, amen. We are so overloaded with stuff we got to get out tonight. And unfortunately, kids, would you forgive me, please, if I didn't do the jokes? <laughs> oh, man, come on. Oh, Jiminy Crickets. All right. You've got me. I'm a, I, I, can't, you, I can't let you guys down. Hold on just a second. Praise God. Um, here, let's do a couple real quick. Kids, what's the difference between a fridge and a newspaper? Ever try swatting a fly with a fridge? (laughs) Kids, what do you think? (laughs) All right. Is that okay if I just blast into the news right away, kids? Is that all right? 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Boy, do we got a lot to get out tonight. And we got Brother Sammy uh, giving us an update, too, tonight. And um, Terry Hill's message is powerful, and we all need to hear it. Praise God, as always. All right. And so um, thank you, Jesus. Let's just go blasting into the news. Hallelujah. Ladies Boy, and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Unreal. It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, it's not normal. This is disturbing. Game over. All right. Okay, I'll play the other stinger. Glory to God. All right. First and foremost, I wanted to kick out a a prophecy. Sometimes one will touch my heart, and I just feel led. Uh, this one here is a repost from Sister Glinda L- Lomax, I believe. She, Linkus L- Lomax, and I get confused sometimes. So Wings of Prophecy, praise God. And uh, the Lord said to her on August 19th, well, well actually, this was a repost, but, but it was originally from August 19th, 2022. <clears throat> I only need one day. My children, I have told you that your life on earth is almost done, and it is. But there are things you have believed for, I'm sorry, you have believed for, and you wonder if they will still happen. Is there still time to receive those promises? Is there still time to receive answers to long-standing prayers? My children, there is still time, though the time is very short now. I only need one day to provide you what you have asked what you have asked from me, from me i only need one day to save all of your loved ones i only need one day to heal that wound i only need one day i can turn everything in your life from bad to good praise god Those trumpets are loud on this side of the... <laughs> yeah. If you were here in the Golden GIB studios, boy, let me tell you something. Your ears would be blown out. Woo! Praise Jesus. All right. So now we got to go into the... Folks, this is going to be tough to hear. If you... Now, if you've already heard it, okay. Praise the Lord. If you haven't already heard it, brace yourself. Because I, I don't know about you, but when I listen to it, Yeah, I was uh, bawling like a baby. Anyway, here we go. It's not normal. All right. This is uh, the next series of audio clips. I'm going to play them back to back to back to back because we have to hit the clock really fast. Um, No choice. And uh, it's all good. Um, But you need to hear these things. Okay. This is a five-minute clip, and I want to hit it right away. Here we go. This is uh, the uh, Mr. O'Boyle who was in hiding uh, until he came forward to the Congress, uh, and it's all being covered by C-SPAN. If you want to see these things or download them yourself, or whatever the case is, just go to Twitter and then um, type in 
you know, FBI space whistle space blower. Enter. And these will all pop up and you can listen to them one to one. And you can even hear these, I don't know, shape shifting reptilian things uh, that have migrated into our Democratic con- Congress. I'm pretty sure most of them are not. Anyway, they have to be terrorists to say the things that they're saying. But anyway, let's go right into this. Uh, brace yourself. Here we go. This is the long the long testimony and the opening testimony of Mr. O. Boyle, but there were several other others of them that came forward. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, here we go. Hold on. My cursor. Where's my cursor? There we go. Thank you for addressing FBI malfeasance and allowing me to speak today. Aside from that point of gratitude, I'm sad, I'm disappointed, and I'm angry that I have to be here to testify about the weaponization of the FBI and DOJ. Weaponization against not only its own employees, but against those institutions and individuals that are supposed to protect the American people. I am here today because even though I am wrongfully suspended from the FBI, I remain duty-bound to the American people to play my small role in rectifying these issues. After all, I never swore an oath to the FBI. I swore an oath to the Constitution. I've served my nation and community my entire adult life, first in the United States Army, then as a police officer, and lastly as an FBI special agent. Shortly after high school, I joined the United States Army where I served in the infantry and I was quickly promoted through the ranks. I deployed to both Iraq and Afghanistan in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom. I served in the historic 101st Airborne Division. I received the Combat Infantryman's Badge, which is awarded to those infantrymen who engage in ground combat with our nation's enemies. The Army's official motto is, this will defend. Along with numerous others, I volunteered to serve this nation, risking my life in combat to protect America and her values. I know some of the best men and women this country has to offer. They come from all backgrounds, races, and creeds. They helped mold me into the person I am today. Each was willing to sacrifice, and many did, to protect this great nation. It is our duty to honor their sacrifices by standing up for what is right, regardless of the difficulty. After serving in the Army, I became a police officer. Police officers, like me, are imperfect beings, but we strive to uphold the law and the Constitution. People who go to work every day trying to make their communities better, yet who nonetheless are faced with budget cuts and calls for defunding as we continue spiraling away from law and order as a nation. While serving as a police officer, I finished my bachelor's degree graduating with honors in criminology and law studies. Shortly thereafter, I began the long road to becoming an FBI special agent, a position I once understood to be the pinnacle of law enforcement and a way to continue to serve this nation and protect and defend the Constitution. During my four years as a special agent, I received the highest annual review an employee can receive. I volunteered for, tried out for, and was selected for an FBI SWAT team. I also volunteered for, tried out for, and was selected for a new unit the FBI created. I also received an award for my work on an anti-abortion extremism case. I've been smeared as a malcontent and subpar FBI employee. This smear stands in stark contrast to my life in public service. This smear campaign, disgusting as it is, is unsurprising. Despite our oath to uphold the Constitution, Too many in the FBI aren't willing to sacrifice for the hard right over the easy wrong. They see what becomes of whistleblowers, how the FBI destroys their careers, suspends them under false pretenses, takes their security clearances and pay with no true options for real recourse or remedy. This is by design. It creates an Orwellian atmosphere that silences position and discussion. We know what is right to do, yet we too often refuse to do what is right because of the difficulty and suffering it incurs. I couldn't knowingly continue on this path silently without speaking out against the weaponization I witnessed, even if it meant losing my job, my career, my livelihood, my family's home, 
and now my anonymity. It's up to members of this committee, current and former FBI employees, and indeed all Americans to ensure that the weaponization of our own government against the people comes to an end, no matter the personal cost. As James Madison prudently opined, in framing a government which is to be administered by men over men, the great difficulty lies in this. You must first enable the government to control the governed, and the next place, oblige it to control itself. The safeguards currently in place at the FBI are clearly inadequate and must be reworked to protect whistleblowers and others who are inappropriately targeted. The FBI can extract whatever they want from me. I'm willing to bear that burden. I've sworn to defend this country from enemies, both foreign and domestic, even if that means sacrificing my life. I've lived that oath out since first enlisting in the Army, consistently saying, here am I, send me. My oath, however, did not include sacrificing the hopes, dreams, and livelihood of my family. My strong, beautiful, and courageous wife, and our four sweet and beautiful daughters who have endured this process along with me. In weaponized fashion, the FBI allowed me to accept orders to a new position halfway across the country. They allowed us to sell my family's home. They ordered me to report to the new unit when our youngest daughter was two weeks old. Then, on my first day on the new assignment, they suspended me, rendering my family homeless. He's choking back tears. They refused to release our goods, including our clothes, for weeks. All I wanted to do was serve my country by stopping bad guys and protecting the innocent. To my chagrin, bad guys have begun running parts of the government, making it difficult to continue to serve this nation and protect the innocent. But I, for one, will never stop trying. I'll never forget my oath. Thank you. All right. Okay. So, so forgive me, but I'm going to be sitting here bawling like a baby again. All right. So here's the next one. This is a different agent. Oh, by the way, just so you know, the Democrats uh, cross-examined them, accused them of lying, and uh, just like they did in Twitter files. And then I, I really don't think they're human because no human could do that. Uh, but anyway. Uh, and they demanded that these uh, agents or ex-agents uh, whistleblow on – they wanted to show videos of the January 16th, and they wanted them to show them all the FBI agents in the crowd because they wanted to go after them. They wanted to destroy their lives. They wanted to kill them. Uh, and um, the uh, whistleblowers in Congress said, no, we will not divulge who they are. There are too many of them in the crowd, and you will destroy their lives. Okay. If I could have found that clip, I would have played it, but I, I heard it, and I was I, – sometimes when I'm going through these things, folks, I, um, I have so many tears in my eyes, and my eyes are burning – uh, it's, you know, 4.30 in the morning, I'm getting ready to go to work. It's not a really good way to start. It's not a very good way to start a work day, I'll tell you that. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Next, uh, I, I ask the Father sometimes, why did you give me this job for? You know, I'm an emotional wreck. But anyway, um, here's the next one. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. All right, hold on. Typically, you would, uh, you would investigate January 6th as one case with lots of subjects, but instead... The decision was made to open up a separate case for every single individual there, and instead of on paper investigating them from the Washington field office, uh, spreading and disseminating those to the field offices around the country, and uh, if, if the individual lived in that area. So it, in effect, made it look like there was uh, domestic terrorism cases and, and activities that were going on around the 56 field offices when, in fact, the cases were really all from Washington, D.C., and Washington field office had a task force that was responsible for calling the shots in all those cases. 
typically you would uh, you would investigate. All right, so it's repeating. With... He may have been the guy. I don't know. I didn't see the cross exam. I, I read it. I think. But anyway, next one up. This uh, breaking FBI whistleblower Garrett O'Boyle just ended today's hearing with a chilling warning for the future FBI whistleblowers. And uh, I am trying to see. Oh, man. Looks like uh, it's either. Well, it would be a Representative Armstrong. I don't know the guy. He's the one asking the questions. All right. But anyway, this is the closing remarks. And I will play that right now. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Here we go. of the hardships you've gone through. If one of your really good friends, your former colleagues, came to you and said, I have this thing that is being covered up, and I think the American people know to, know, need to know about it, what advice would you give them? I would tell them first to pray about it, long and hard. And I would tell them I could take it to Congress for them, or I could put them in touch with Congress, but I would advise them not to do it. You would legitimately try to protect one of your colleagues from doing what you have done? Absolutely. And how do you think that solves being able to shine light on corruption, weaponization, any kind of misconduct that exists with the American people? It doesn't solve it. But the FBI will crush you. This government will crush you and your family if you try to expose the truth about things that they are doing that are wrong. And we are all examples of that. I can't think of a more sobering way to end a hearing. I yield back all of the hardships you've gone through. If one of your really... Okay. Hold on just a second. Sorry for my squeaky mic boom. <laughs> yeah, uh, I laugh with tears in my eyes. Sorry. <clears throat> okay. So anyway, on we go. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So here is another clip. Let's go ahead and hit it real quick. This one's five minutes long. Um, let's see. It, hopefully it doesn't repeat. If it does, I'll kill it and move on to the next one. Which Americans were being targeted? This is Matt Gaetz. Now, August, 20, August 2nd, 2022, a media organization attained a copy of a document which whistleblowers subsequently authenticated to the committee that is styled the FBI's Domestic Terrorism Symbols Guide on Militia Violent Extremists. Mr. Boyle, are you generally familiar with that guide? Yes. And, and that guide identified certain things that made people more likely to be deemed a threat or terrorists, didn't it? Yes. And wasn't one of those things just the number two and the letter A next to each other? Yes, it was. And in your experience as a law enforcement official, does putting the word two and or the letter two and A next to each other make someone more likely to be violent or lawbreaking? No. And uh, if someone signified the right that they support the right to bear arms, was that also something in the symbol guide? Yes. And how about this one really got me. The Betsy Ross flag was the Betsy Ross flag in the terrorism symbol guide. It was. And, and what about the Betsy Ross flag makes someone more likely to be a violent extremist? I wish there was a reasonable explanation for that question. There isn't. And people blew the whistle and said, this stuff is crazy. Americans are being targeted. Mr. Friend, you ever been to a school board meeting? Yes, I have. FBI ever sent you to the parking lot of a school board meeting? Yes, I have. And in the parking lot of a school board meeting where the FBI sent you, you were taking down information regarding people's license plates. That's correct. Now, it wasn't the first time you'd been to a school board meeting, was it? No, I went on my own as a private citizen. As a parent? Yes. And so there you were. It must have been quite an interesting perspective. There you were taking down 
the information of people, parents attending school board meetings on behest of the FBI, and you had been one of those parents at a school board meeting. How did that feel? Well, after I attended privately, my colleagues teased me that they were probably going to start investigating me. You used to go after the worst of the worst, didn't you? Yes, I believe so. You went after people who looked at child porn? Yes. People who were sexually exploiting children? Yes. And then you were in the parking lot of a school board meeting, taking down the information of parents. What happened to the cases that you were working to, to protect our communities from the worst predators that exist? I was told they were not to be resourced. Uh, and then uh, after I was suspended, uh, they were handed off to local law enforcement. Wow, so the FBI just decided it was more important to have you in that parking lot of that school board meeting than getting the worst of the worst away from people that they could harm. That's correct. But you deserve the consequences you are getting, according to the ranking member. Mr. O'Boyle, what, the ranking member said that when people break the law, they deserve the consequences they get. And it doesn't matter that they served in the military. So what law did you break? before the FBI packed up all your stuff and moved it across the country to Virginia? No true law. The only thing I broke was not towing the line for the FBI. Like I said when I opened, my oath is to the Constitution, not to the FBI. And our laws provide you avenues to talk to Congress, to talk to your supervisors about those concerns, right? Correct. And so you didn't deviate from that, did you? No. You didn't, you didn't go to the media first, did you? No. You used what the law provided. And your family has paid an exquisite price for that, haven't they? They have. How old were your children when they moved you across the country? <clears throat> Six, five, three, and two weeks. A two-week-old baby. Could you get your stuff? Six weeks later. Oh, so for six weeks... Almost every possession to your name, the FBI had and wouldn't give back to you. How, how did you, what, what time of year was it? Was it winter, summer? When I reported, it was in September. Uh, so when we were traveling, it was summertime, essentially. So we had basically summer clothes, but then we were uh, basically stranded uh, in Wisconsin, which is where we're from. It gets cold there pretty, pretty quick. And well, I'll take your word for it. I'm a Florida man, but... What, what was it like when you had to go and explain to your wife that you didn't have coats for your children because the FBI wouldn't give them back to you? It was horrible. I mean, we were uh, asking family for uh, clothes. And <clears throat> He's choking back tears. Excuse me. Um, it was a difficult time. Yeah. You, were, you became a charity case, didn't you? I did. And now I get derided for that. I never thought I'd have to accept charity in my life. I thought I would be able to take care of my family, but I'm grateful for everyone who has provided charity to me. That even includes a former colleague's uh, church. I would name the church to give them recognition, but I'm too worried that the FBI would send informants to infiltrate that church as well. Yeah, well, they've already done that with the Catholics. I yield back. I yield back. Now, I'm not a I'm not a fan of Graham, but at least he's coming public and saying some good things. So anyway, um, I don't know what to think of the guy, uh, but I'll just go ahead and play this remark that he said on Fox News because it's it's a good remark. How do you think of Jesus? Here we go. What do we know now? It's all bullshit. 
Oops, sorry. How do, we, how do we get back? We win this election. They wanted you to believe that President Trump was a Russian agent. The truth is there is collusion, Sean, between the Department of Justice, the FBI, and the media colluded to lie about Donald Trump for four years. It is now out. Okay. Let me, what do we know now? It's all. So anyway, I won't go into the details of uh, Graham's inconsistencies. Here's another one. Trump collusion with Russia lies with the media. This is another broadcast off of Fox News. Here we go. Quick. Let's hit it quick. All right. Boom. Hold on. Three-part investigation into the story of the century, the election of U.S. President Donald Trump and his ties to Russia. The dossier has been corroborated by the intelligence community. The dossier, in fact, is far from bogus. Increasingly, it's the accurate dossier. So far, nothing in the dossier has been disproved. The Steele dossier just rings. And by the way, each one of these um, people talking are representative of a different media snapshot, um, audio bite. These are just one media audio bite after another. I'm going to play this again. The century, the election of U.S. President Donald Trump and his ties to Russia. The dossier has been corroborated by the intelligence Fox community. News. The dossier, in fact, is far from bogus. Fox News. It's the accurate dossier. Fox so News. So far, nothing in the dossier has been disproved. The Fox Steel News. dossier just rings true to me. What about Fox Christopher Steele, they got MI6 guy, the ex-MI6 guy, who did the famous dossier, Fox News which playing is getting a lot more credibility now than it did. And there is significant evidence of collusion. There is ample evidence, and indeed there is. Uh, of collusion of people in the Trump campaign with the Russians. I think there's plenty of evidence of collusion or conspiracy. Evidence suggests all eyes, Fox, CNN. It's Fox playing CNN. Of the Russians. But when you start to see a pattern uh, where he basically spouts Putin's lies. By the way, Anderson Anderson Cooper is a CIA agent. If you don't know that. Frightening question about our own president. Why this president seems to be putting Russia's interests ahead of our own. Well, Chrissy, the president's tweet trying to make the case that he's not a Russian asset really... Oh, by the way, just so you know, there's five minutes of that. (laughs) (laughs) I played like one minute. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Uh, This is Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, announcing articles of impeachment. Let's see where that goes, of course. You know, when when the... I actually wrote a letter to Glenn Beck. He's trying as hard as he can, but I wrote a letter to him and I said, please, Mr. Beck, please address the fact that our Senate is owned... <clears throat> and the DOJ is owned because it, you can you can pump everybody up in the house all you want, but it, there's checks and balances, and the checks and balances are terribly broken. Anyway, next one up. This is Marjorie Taylor Greene. It is with the highest amount of solemnity that I announce my intention to introduce articles of impeachment today on the head of this America at Last executive branch that has been working since January 20th, 2021, to systematically destroy this country. The President of the United States, Joseph Robinette Biden. Joe Biden has deliberately compromised our national security by refusing to enforce immigration laws and secure our border, allowed approximately 6 million illegals from over 170 countries to invade our country deprive Border Patrol of the necessary resources and policies sufficient to protect our country. And his administration has willfully 
refused to maintain operational control as required by the law. All right. She, she goes on for another couple more minutes. Um, just one thing after the other. I, I, I received a, a clip. I already know he's a reptilian. I have his. Uh, I have audio. I have audio and video. Actually, it's video, mostly video evidence. I have three videos with him wearing a mask. In the ABC miniseries uh, V for visitors, they have a scene where a woman rips a rubber mask and under her rubber mask is a reptilian face. All right, now we know why the rubber masks are out there. I have video evidence of Biden wearing rubber masks, Fauci wearing rubber. These are not humans. These are tears. All right, enough said. All right, praise God, we're going to move on. This is Glenn Beck. Here we go. Here we go. Hold on. There. Wait. About the crimes that are happening in Washington anymore because they think nothing's going to happen anyway. So who cares? And you tune out. That is exactly how we lose our country. They have convinced you that there's nothing you can do They have convinced you that you need to sit down and shut up. So I'd like you to do the opposite. I'd like you to flood the phone lines and email inboxes of every single prosecutor or attorney general that has the power to prosecute these crimes. The only way these officials will take action if the pressure in their own local community becomes so great they can no longer ignore us. You can find the information to contact these officials by receiving our Biden crime family dossier at thereckoningguide.com. Call them beginning tonight, tomorrow. Okay, so if you want to take Christian Lee, Jesus-filled, proper, nonviolent, you can order that guide or download that guide at thereckoningguide.com. Anyway, um, we all know who's running the show, okay? We all know it's Obama. We all know about the Owalu prophecy from 1919, I think it was, or something like that, where it says the son of Kenya will take control of the United States and destroy it. And you probably know that in 1972, my mother sat me down and told me that she had been given a vision of the Antichrist and he was a mulatto man my age. And she warned me about it. Obama's about three months older than I am. She said he's alive today. Next one up. Here we go. We now have black and white evidence that the FBI interfered in the 2016 election. And then when they failed to get their candidate elected, Hillary Clinton, then they just set out to destroy the Trump administration. So then go back, go up to 2020. It was the CIA this time that got involved in the 2020 election with those 51 former intel agents who talked about the Hunter Biden laptop as total Russian disinformation. Mm. So they've gotten away with it for two elections. They're for sure going to get away with it, try to get away with it in 24, right? Because there's no consequence. The difference is in 2024, the evidence is there. We now have the Durham investigation. We have all the congressional investigations. There is now hard evidence that there was election interference by the U.S. intelligence agencies and the Department of Justice. They've got to be terrified. Those individuals have to be terrified that a Republican president comes in in the 2024 election with a Republican attorney general 
investigates them and charges them all with the crimes they've committed over the last eight years. Well, we'll see about that. You're right. There are questions around these elections because of this interference. Do you think there will be election interference then in 24? Take it to the bank. They will absolutely interfere wow. in 2024. We're not sure how, but they will absolutely interfere, not only because they're not going to like whoever the Republican candidate is, but because they're going to protect their own hides. That's why they're, they were talking to their own people, and the whistleblowers have brought this up, that they were told, don't put anything on paper. Just tell us orally. They right. knew that they were doing stuff wrong. They knew that they yeah. were going to be liable for prosecution. Yeah, it's, it's too bad. I wish the media were more curious about all of this. Unfortunately, the media takes the narrative of the Democrats. All right. Well, we got the gist of that. Let's move on to the next one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is a um, – oh, goodness gracious. What is her name? Does it even say it in here? We need more like her in leadership. Harriet M. Hageman. Okay. Let's listen to what she says uh, in regard to the whistleblower testimony. Here we go. Basically corrupt. And they are ruining our flagship in law enforcement agency by targeting politicians, parents, and ordinary citizens. The eye of Soren, in other words, has been turned on the American people. And it is a frightening time in which we live. These FBI whistleblowers have come forward at great personal and professional expense. They have faced retaliation from the FBI for their disclosures, which have blocked them from working inside and outside of the FBI. Basically corrupt. Okay. Uh, and also, FYI, uh, they are uh, – Marjorie Taylor Greene is also sponsoring um, – <clears throat> articles of impeachment against the director of the FBI. I forget the guy's name, and I don't really care. All right, praise God. What I do, it's just the whole thing is just awful. And if this is the beginning of sorrows, oh, praise God. Buckle up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Just remember the Lord's got you. You're in your, Jesus' hands, and you're in your Father's hands. As long as you don't jump out of it, just stay in prayer. Be encouraged. We're getting real close. Pray always to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before the Son of Man. That is inside the Olivet Discourse. It's talking about the time we're in right now. Luke 21, 36. You better believe it because it's true. Hallelujah. Tucker. This is about uh, uh, the whole Tucker Carlson thing. You know what? I'm going to skip that one. I, it's, that's actually getting to be a little bit old news. But I am going to play this. This is alarming. This is deeply troubling. If you have any children listening to the show right now, I highly recommend that you shuffle them out of the room for this one, okay? It's probably best, okay? I, I don't, you know, so I'm going to give you five Four, three, two, one. This woman was very curious and had met up with a saint, some Satanists or whatever, or people that were part of the Illuminati, whatever the case is. And uh, I recognize her. I just can't think of her name. But anyway, she explains. She actually, I'm just going to go ahead and play it. All right. So anyway, here we go. I was wondering myself. Because um, one of the things I asked him is I said, I don't, I get it, but I don't get it, the children. 
you just mm-hmm. you got to I still have I have such a problem with this. You got to explain this one to me. And he said, um, well, first of all, you're looking at it the wrong way. I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, they don't define children the way you do. They don't define the world the way you do. The choices that you face are not their choices, right? They have a, they look at it completely differently. And uh, and I said, well, okay, so how do they look at it? And he said, for them, everything is defined by their one fundamental all-consuming purpose. I said, which is what? He said, to defeat God, right? Because this is the moment. I mean, for them, it's about uh, the real God. The true gods are them and Satan, yeah. them, mm-hmm. right? And so he said, <laughs> children, are, children are the closest to God because mm-hmm. we are created in the image of God. And as, you know, from the moment we're created, we haven't had time to, uh, to you know, to be corrupted and to stray. Mm-hmm. So for them... The younger you are, the closer you are to God, the more pain they can inflict on God. So the more you can make a baby or a small child suffer, the greater your victory over God. And that is the only consideration for them. Outside of that doesn't exist. Because um, one of the things I... Wow. It hadn't occurred to me. I, I, all the years that I spent uh, on trying to understand the enemy, and she just succinctly put it in the most. And by the way, this goes all the way back to you know, the times, uh, land of Canaan, way back, probably even before that. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, it's all about the fallen angelic beings that we're dealing with and these creatures. He's awful. Anyway. Just keep on praying to be found worthy to escape all these things. Hallelujah. We're going home soon. All right. Now, listen, uh, to support what she had said, I'd sad, and I, I, but I got to report it. Um, babies are dying left and right. One baby dies and eight are left in intensive care after being struck down by an unusual cluster of unusually of usually harmless infections. This has happened in the United Kingdom, and we already know why, because of the vaccination. It destroys the immune system. All right. Uh, the defender. This is from Kennedy. Okay. And he says that the headline reads, sad day for babies and mums. The FDA panel recommends Pfizer's RSV vaccine for pregnant women. How many will fall for that? All right. Praise God. I don't have time to go in to play this 10 minute clip, but I would really love to maybe next show. But if you want it, I'm, I'm just going to let you know that the COVID-19 thing has actually, so we've all heard the pandemic series with uh, Judy Mikovits, and it's absolutely credible, and she's 100% right. But there is new testimony that has come out from scientists that have done some deep dive, and they've pulled the paperwork out of the government and discovered that COVID-19, the whole COVID-19 thing was going on since the 1960s, that Pfizer had patented it uh, in the 1990s. And you might say to yourself, why did you remember? Remember who they worship. See, when Albert Pike wrote the letter to Giuseppe Mazzini in 1863 or something like that, or 1861, about the three world wars, and by the way, uh, that that was seen and testified uh, on radio that it was seen by Bill Cooper. Bill Cooper actually flew over to the United Kingdom and saw it in the museum. Now, they have since taken it away because they knew the people were getting wise to him. 
And I wondered to myself, what, what's up with Albert Pike? Why would he even care about three world wars? Why would he care about that? He's going to die a hundred years before it happens. And then it hit me. That's not, that's not the dimension these people operate in. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, now, Chinese social scoring thing. This is a clip from an air, uh, I'm sorry, a train in China. Um, the reason I'm playing this is we all know bad things are happening in China, right? The part is that the ESG social scores are coming our way. CBDCs are coming our way. I pray in the name of Jesus every single morning that I'm found worthy to escape all these things because I don't think the, not a one of us. Anyway, praise God. So anyway, I'm going to play this for you because I want you to hear it. I want you to understand what's heading our way. Not to scare you, but to get you on your knees. People who travel without tickets or behave disorderly or snobby public areas will be punished according to regulations. And the behavior will be recorded in individual credit information systems. To avoid any negative record of personal credit, please follow the relevant regulations and help with the orders on the train. Your behaviors will be, be reported into the social credit system, it said. All right. So uh, also, uh, and there's a, if you want to track a little bit of this on your Twitter, uh, the person is uh, at S-O-N-G-P-I-N-G-A-N-Q. Okay, that's it. S-O-N-G-P-I-N-G-A-N-Q. Um, she also has another one, which is heartbreaking because, um, well, she shows a an apartment building and people trying to get in, in, into their homes. The apartment building's in great disrepair, so it's essentially a type of a slum. Now, all they're trying to do is get home, and they have state-of-the-art facial scanning systems uh, so that they're able to open their doors. If they upset the social system, uh, their digital ID goes red, and they can't even go home. They're stuck in the streets. And, of course, you know, then the police pick them up and take them away. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, um, you might say, well, golly gee, I don't think, you know, they're ever going to let CBDCs and all that kind of stuff. Now, think about how they guilt people <clears throat> and how many people out there fall for it, Okay. Oh, you didn't take the vaccine. You're a danger to me. You're a danger to me and my children. You are a danger. And the people were fighting inside of Walmarts and punching each other out because they were endangering them because they didn't have a mask on properly. Well, we all know it was a complete ruse, all right, a satanic ruse. We know that Pfizer flew a satanic flag over the, uh, the Grammy Awards. I mean, it, it, don't get me going. All right, now, I thought about this and I said, oh, oh, no, oh, no. Remember the drug cartels in Mexico? Remember the money laundering? Remember the gazillions of deaths of fentanyl? They're going to tell you that if you don't do the CBDC thing and let them get rid of your cash, that you are supporting the drug cartels because they operate out of cash, that you are part of the murderers that kill people with fentanyl. Yes, that was downloaded into my heart. 
From where? I don't know. My mind? Who knows? All right. Praise God. And then, of course, Project Homeless reports at the Seattle Times. Fentanyl has devastated King County's homeless, and the toll is getting worse. And they have a bunch of people doing candle ceremonies because people are dying like crazy. All right. And then here's a little audio snippet. I'm watching my time as carefully as I can. I can't believe I got through as much as I did. This is from Redacted. And it's CBDCs being rolled out in Canada. So let's well, take a look. Canada is seeking to roll out a central bank digital currency. And right now it's sort of a, an open period where they're asking the public for feedback on a central bank digital currency. How is this going right now, this public period where they want feedback from its citizens? Well, the answer is it's not going very well. Dan Cohen, our Washington correspondent from Redacted, joins us now to dive deeper into the story. So, Dan, I'm surprised that the public is not really taking to the idea of total surveillance currency in Canada. A total shocker. I don't know how the Canadians couldn't go for this, Clayton, but yeah, so the, so the Bank of... All right, so they play a news clip of the Bank of Canada and this lady coming out and very charmingly saying, hey, you know, we're going to do this wonderful stuff and we'd like to get your opinion. Look, folks, they don't give a rat's whatever about anybody's opinion, okay? So at the end of the day, it's all a ruse to try to charm people into thinking that it's a wonderful thing. And of course, people are pushing back. And we also know that Dimitri Dudeman, uh, David Wilkerson, and uh, an ongoing, I don't know if Hank Kuhneman was one of them, but we know civil war is coming to the United States. Uh, the Lord has spoken through his prophets, praise God. So it's coming. Uh, and we see it. I mean, you know, you see it everywhere. It's undeniable. As a matter of fact, it's actually been said openly by, you know, congressmen, and I'm not even going to get into that. That's a whole nother hour. All right, praise God. So let's go on with the rest of the news. I'm looking at six, seven minutes before eight o'clock. I want to try to keep on time tonight um, and give Terry as much time as possible because this is a powerful, wonderful message that she's going to share. So let, let me just keep on blasting through it. Let's go. All right, get this, folks. Pyongyang, Korean Peninsula, is on the brink of explosion. The warning coming from Washington and Seoul, gear up for the biggest joint exercise so far. And, of course, let me tell you something. That is that's a trigger, folks. It's a trigger, and we know that eventually they're going to strike. And when do you think they might do that? Well, we'll have to wait and see. But we know it's coming. Excuse me. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. California officials uh, investigating loss of, get this, 30 tons, 30 tons of ammonium nitrate. Remember Oklahoma City? California officials, now, now think about it. Newsom, California, one of the most evil states in the entire country. I'm sorry, but it is, and everybody knows it. Oregon, Seattle, no wonder the whole West Coast is going to break off into the sea eventually. <laughs> okay? No wonder the Cascadia subduction zone is going to occur. I mean, you know, our father's going to strike back eventually. They're pushing him. They're pushing him to do it. All right, so anyway, California officials are investigating the loss of 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate. Isn't that wonderful? And talk about the California officials. Think about it like this. Let's put this in proper perspective. What that really means is California officials stole 60,000 pounds of ammonium nitrate, and they're going to use it for a false flag. You have to be able to figure out how these entities work, and then you're like, "Uh uh-oh, this don't sound good. It doesn't sound good no matter what. All right, next one up. 
Radioactive cloud from destroyed, depleted uranium shells threatening Europe, according to this particular report. But I happen to know that this particular report is a false flag report. There's uh, from the mirror uh, out of the United Kingdom. It says Putin staffers fear mongering claim of radioactive cloud. The thing is that they have scientific evidence that the depleted uranium shells will only emit radioactive uh, isotopes uh, when they pierce the actual armor. Because it, it, just like with the twin towers and stuff, well, all three buildings really for 9-11, you, you know, the jet fuel doesn't melt 18-inch steel girders. <laughs> you got to be absolutely nuts to believe that. But anyway, praise God, hallelujah, we move on. All right, United States and its allies plan to provide United Kingdom with F-16 fighters, according to officials. So they're not going to let it go. They're pushing them as hard as they can. Pushy, pushy, push, 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 push. World War Three, World War Three, World War Three. I remind you that Rachel Baxter had a powerful and mighty vision from the Lord, a dream, and she came on the radio show, gave testimony. If you want to find it, it's still on Z3 News, and she's an absolutely godly woman. I have, and she was shown in her dream from the Lord that they're going to nuke from the ground Chicago and blame it on Russia. They're running – see, they're running – they got to get World War III started. And by the way, the test – the um, so search on World War III, no turning back, and then type in Z3 or just World War III, Z3. Do it in DuckDuckGo.com, and you can read – her testimony of her the dream that the Lord gave her, praise God. All right, and I, I I've got so much audio, so I could I could do thirty minutes of audio clips of stuff that's that supports it as well. All right, uh, another report. Leaked Pentagon report forensically dismantles the Fauci-led natural origin study, and of course I like I said I've got that ten minute thing that where, where it goes all the way back to the nineteen sixties. Now does that discredit uh, Judy Mikovits? And it, and the answer is no. Her testimony simply picks up at the point that it ended up in Fauci's hands. But Pfizer and the evil ones were working on it all the way back into the 1960s. All right, next one up. And uh, also a special shout out to, uh, I believe it was Brian, uh, who's, who reminded me of that. And I, I, you know, if you want to hear that testimony or something, you can send an email to jbaptist777 at gmail.com. jbaptist777 at gmail.com. I already uploaded it to my... A G, oh gosh, Google Drive or whatever, and I can send you a link that you should be able to listen to it. Praise God. All right, next headline up. Marjorie Taylor Greene introduces articles of impeachment against the FBI Director Chris Wray. We'll see if that goes anywhere, because after all, if the Senate is compromised, because remember, it starts in the House, it goes to the Senate, has to get approval, and then... It, you know, if the Senate approves, when it's articles of impeachment, as long as the Senate approves it, then tally-ho and away you go which I doubt that's going to happen, considering all things. I mean, how many of these entities are inside the Senate? How many of these people that are working in the Senate are afraid for their lives? Okay. Anyway. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Headline, Christian activists are arrested in Canada for offering Bibles at a trans protest, and they are literally placed under arrest, handcuffed, and taken to jail. Next one up. 
An unusually terrible freight market may get a lot worse, according to uh, this particular report. And by the way, it is is showing the same kind of things that we were seeing when the ships, you know, the hundreds of ships were stuck out in the middle of the Pacific and couldn't drop it off in, in Los Angeles. Okay, that whole backup thing that got really out of control. Well, evidently there are charts and graphs that people are following on that, and it's getting worse and worse. Now, is it causing the ships to back up again? I have no idea. Uh, I didn't have time to dig that deep. All right, next one up. All right, so here we have a man. His name is Davi Antebi, and he says, I'm proud to be an Israelite. I'm proud to be LGBT. On this day, nothing is more exciting than holding an official par- passport declaring that my spouse, who is a man, uh, is officially my spouse. Next one up. All right, Trudeau says Canada is ready to partner with South Korea against the North. Dun, dun, dun. Next one up. Oh, come on. <laughs> okay, there we go. Um, Biden declares it's over, and the World Health Organization declares it's over, and the brave heart scots and bringing angels and eternal light into the field. Uh, disappointing, the Scottish government announces that it's not too late for you to come forward for your first or second or third or fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh COVID-19 dose. Next one up. The West is not able to make up for the lost armored vehicles to the armed forces of the Ukraine. Colonel Douglas MacArthur reports a former advisor to the head of the Pentagon admitted in an interview. The Ukraine army has lost almost 10,000 armored vehicles since the beginning of the conflict. This is unbelievable. 10,000, the former advisor said. He also emphasized that the colossal losses of the equipment by the Ukrainian army speak of the extreme effectiveness of the Russian army in destroying the armored vehicles. McGregor noted that uh, sending uh, weapons to Kiev could, quote, bring money into the pockets of the, of the American defense leadership, but would have no change on the course of the conflict. Think back to Rachel Baxter. Remember, they're, they're running out of gas. They're trying to get it going. And nothing they're doing, even lying about the depleted uranium and making up some story about a cloud of, you know, no. It's 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 all false, <laughs> folks. Praise God, thank you, Jesus, Hallelujah. Next one up. Putin and Zelensky agree to meet in Africa with leaders to discuss a peace plan. Whoa. United States is preparing for the Ukraine war to become a frozen conflict. Next one up. Here we go. Treasury cash down $52 billion in one day, $87 billion. Just days left. Treasury bonds. That's indicative of a crash. Washington says new artificial intelligence shows signs of human reasoning. And by the way, uh, Elon Musk is, has already created the robots that uh, we saw in the Predator films. Uh, no, they don't do that liquid metal thing or anything, but they're walking around and stuff. It's just so creepy. I think it's all going to – I think George Jeffrey Spew is actually correct, and then that will all manifest itself in the Great Tribulation. Praise God that we won't be here. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Klaus Schwab's right-hand top right-hand man and top advisor says humans are now hackable animals. The whole idea that humans have this soul or spirit and nobody knows anything, what's happening inside of them, and they will have free will, that's over. Next one up. How Pfizer pushed radical gender ideology on American hospitals. And it goes, you know, it's, 
we all know what's going on. Oh, by the way, there's so many testimonies out there right now that are absolutely heartbreaking from nurses that are coming forward, uh, you know, at the, just like the FBI whistleblowers, at the, at destroying their lives, losing their houses, destroying their careers because they're coming forward and they're explaining that the hospital administrators commanded them to kill people, commanded them to kill people in the hospitals. Next one up. Reuters reports, this is kind of weird, it says, Russia says hypersonic missile scientists face very serious treason accusations. It just, I just find it fascinating because Reuters is owned by the Rothschilds Corporation. Anyway, Rothschilds Banking Corporation. Next one up. Associated Press, another owned entity by the Rothschilds Banking Corporation. DeSantis signs bills targeting drag shows, transgender kids, and use of bathrooms and pronouns. He has pretty much taken every single thing that the World Economic Forum has come up with to punish and do satanic things to the people of the United States, and he has put bills through Congress and the Congress all branches of the Congress in the state of Florida has agreed, signed off, and applauded every single one of them, including blocking CBDCs and everything else under the sun. But, you know, Donald Trump still has to call them names. But whatever. Um, we all know who folks are worshiping. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. United States Republican transgender laws pile up setting 2024 battle lines. Another headline reads, Watch FBI uh, grill pro-lifers mother during a surprise visit. Wow, how apropos. Next one up. Thank you, Jesus. 17 Iranian ghost tankers bring oil worth $1 billion to Syria. So what are they actually doing? They're not flying their flags. They're turning off their transponders. They are transferring the oil into other ships out at sea secretly in the middle of the night. Next one up. United States issues warning to North Korea. You guys better watch out. We're going to come and get you. Oh, wait a minute. We gave all of our weapons to the Ukraine, and we're going broke. But, ah, well, let's, let's go ahead and threaten Pyongyang. Next one up. United States CRE prices slide for the first time since 2011 as more downsides are coming. That's a financial report. Uh-oh, doesn't sound good to me, and I don't know nothing about finances. Next one up. Tourette's, several wounded in clashes between Jews and Palestinians in Jerusalem's old city. There's a lot of, oh my goodness, is, whew, Israel's going, it's on fire. I mean, maybe not literally, but, you know, definitely uh, politically. Next one up. Nothing left. Zelensky acknowledges the loss of Bakhmut. Oh, wait a minute. There's another report. It says Russia-Ukraine update. Zelensky says Bakhmut, Bakhmut is not even occupied by Russia. Which one is it? We will never know. But what we do know is I only have about maybe 40 more headlines that are just as creepy as the ones that I just gave, but those were the best. Uh, you know, if creepy is what you're into, I'm not. But I also know what the Lord has designated me to do. And I've known about it since I was 10 years old because of my mother's dream that was given to her and prayed over by uh, Gerald Durstein for the better part of several weeks. And she told me when I, in 1972, when I was sitting on a little 10-year-old boy, a year after I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, 
She explained to me that Gerald Durstein interpreted the dream that she had that she had written down and given and prayed over it and that I was going to be a well-known end times pastor or preacher or whatever you want to call me. I just, just call me some fat guy wearing a – or, okay, call me a chubby guy. Whatever you want to call me, but I, that's all I am. I'm just some schmo or I don't, I don't know what it – I don't know what – I'm just some guy in a house in Tampa that I call the Golden JIB Jesus and Broadcasting Studios. I've been doing this for 12 years, 7,000 radio shows, two th- – uh, wow, I can't even remember how many articles that I've written. But anyway, the point is, I'm not, this isn't a boast. This is just, I've cried to the Lord and asked him, are you sure you picked the right guy? I mean, when I'm going through these headlines, I'm bawling like a baby. I, it's too, I mean, listen, I already know what's going to happen. I, I have a really good idea of what's going to happen. Now, could the Lord relent? Absolutely, he could relent. Could he, sh- um, you know, sh- uh, what do you call it? Mix things up a little bit and really make us go. Absolutely. Does he listen to prayer? Absolutely. Have we seen any sign of him stopping the evil ones since 2019? Let's just stand by, keep praying, pray always to be found worthy to escape all these things that are about to come upon the earth and stand before the Son of Man. And do not forget that Luke 21, 36, that particular verse was inside of the Olivet Discourse, and it was targeted to the fig tree generation. Fascinating that that particular season is what is spoken of in the Scripture in the Olivet Discourse just prior to Luke 21, 36. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's go ahead and bring on Sammy Mwangi and then Sister Terry Hill. Hallelujah. We've got a great program tonight and an awesome teaching from Sister Terry and an awesome testimony from Brother Sammy. And let's go ahead and move into that right now. Hallelujah. Here we go. see Sammy's number up there. I wonder if he forgot. Sammy, if you're out there listening, call into the show. <laughs> oh, I always feel bad when this happens. He asked me on uh, Wednesday, and I said, well, the world's falling apart, brother. If you can wait till Sunday, we might have a little bit more time. <laughs> Ironically, it really wasn't the case, but um, he's always, he doesn't forget. So we'll just have to slide him over. Maybe something happened. About, you know, he's he's got a little baby and his wife, and they're so sweet. And God bless them. And I, I I always look forward to hearing his testimony. If if you're in the call, doc, brother, I don't see you there, uh, your normal number. So let's go ahead on that note and bring on Sister Terry Hill. This is an awesome awesome teaching tonight. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Sister Terry, are you there? I sure am, John. Hello, everybody. God blessings. Blessings to all of you. Amen. Praise God. And uh, I, I apologize for the ding dong, ding dong, ding dong in the background of the studio here, but I set, a, I set myself an alarm so I didn't go too far over on the clock because uh, I wanted to make sure that Terry had enough time tonight. We do have extended time where uh, I made it a three hour show. It's optional, of course, for Terry to use that time, but I wanted to make sure that this is a powerful message and give her as much time to share. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. God bless you, Terry. Um, 
Um, uh, oh, oh, and uh, now she has it on a wordinduseason.com. That's a wordinduseason.com. She puts her show notes up there uh, with all the scriptures, fabulous. And then I also have a link at tribulation-now.org that is dedicated to her work as well. And so you can get her show notes and her scriptures to study up and follow along either live or after the fact in a podcast. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, the, the microphone is all yours, Sister Terry. God bless you. Well, thank you, John. And again, just a, a joy to be with you, Johnny, and uh, the Tribulation Now audience. And uh, a great big thanks to all of you who write to me with your prayer requests, your encouragement, your support means so very much to me. And I just want you to know that. And again, just an honor to be with you. Let's open this up in prayer now. Father, I praise you and I thank you for your grace that you give. Truly, your grace is sufficient. And I thank you for bringing your word forth tonight, your word, which is so powerful. I thank you, Jesus. You are the living word. You are the word who was made flesh and dwelt among us, and now you live in us. And I ask that all praise and glory would be yours tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before I uh, get into the word with you, beloved, tonight, I I just want to give you my email address. For those of you who have prayer requests, uh, you can reach me at a word in due season, 777 at gmail.com. And uh, thank you, John, for giving my website address. Once again, it's a awordinduseason.com. Uh, I love to hear from any of you that have requests or comments or whatever. Again, God bless you. Um, as I was preparing and just asking the Lord, Father, please speak to me. I don't know what your people need, but you do. And you know what um, scriptures in your word tonight and what the message should be. And so we've been talking about, uh, the last time we were together, we talked about tests and lessons for the faithful church. So uh, I guess we're going to pick up on that. That was uh, the impression that I have from the Lord. Uh, We're going to talk about a test of the voices tonight. And um, I know it's been a couple years. I did talk briefly uh, on some other programs about the voices. But again, I was impressed to talk about that tonight and uh, actually take a look at hearing God's voice. And so let's start. Let me just read some things to you to encourage you tonight, beloved. Uh, Jesus knows every detail of our lives. He knows what's going on in this fallen world. He knows that he has a people in preparation. He knows those who are his. And we know that this present time is, in fact, a proving ground for those who are going to rule and reign with Christ in eternity. And so a fundamental principle of reigning with Christ is that right now he's teaching us to take authority over all spiritual wickedness first in ourselves. So he's dealing with his, uh, his own possession, with his uh, people who are in preparation, uh, because as it comes down to, Jesus Christ must first reign in us before he can reign through us. And so the warfare that we all feel and the fallen world and the darkness that is growing darker as midnight is approaching, we all know and realize that a man who cannot rule over his own spirit now will not be fit or ready to rule in the coming kingdom. So, amen. This is a proving time for us. Isaiah 20, 23 says, Give ear and hear my voice. Listen 
and hear my word. So we're going to be talking about the Lord's voice tonight and also other voices that are vying for our attention. Isaiah 30, 21 says, And your ears will hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. And whenever you turn to the right or to the left. Now, I am assuming and guessing that those who are turning in are are not just curious, but you're serious about your walk with the Lord. And beloved, we know that as we look at God's word and we understand and realize Acts 1.8, we know Jesus said, uh, and you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes and he's going to come upon you. And Jesus' command to his church, which we call the Great Commission, is to go into all the world preaching the gospel, Jerusalem, Judea, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So his voice is still speaking strongly, loudly, and boldly through his word. And you know, the contending voices, these other voices that come into our lives, uh, are also bold and clear and loud. And we need to be bold and clear and loud with the gospel. Now, I understand God tempers us. And he uses different personalities to communicate the gospel in different ways. But the fact of the matter is, these opposing voices that are rising up uh, are becoming louder and more militant. Now, we don't uh, operate uh, through the soulish realm. Uh, We operate by the power of the Holy Spirit as we bring our soul under the jurisdiction of the Holy Spirit. Now, again, God gives us uh, an intellect. Uh, mind, emotions, and will are all a part of the soulish realm, and God gave those to us. But as he's teaching us to walk by the Spirit, he's teaching us that our soulish realm is not to rule over us, but in fact the word of God is to be uh, foremost in our thinking. And in Romans 10, let me just read this to you again, because we all need to hear it and we all know it. Remember, Whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call upon him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him who they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Verse 15, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good things. However, they didn't all heed the God tidings, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Beloved, they cannot believe unless they have first heard. And so what I want to begin talking to you tonight is about hearing and recognizing God's voice, and hopefully some things that I'll share tonight will help to bring a distinction Lord, was that you speaking or was that another voice? Could that be the spirit of fear, the voice of fear and intimidation speaking? Could it have been the voice of the serpent speaking? Could it have been presumption or self-pity or the accuser? Hopefully what we share tonight will be helpful. That's certainly what my intention is. You know, beloved, the Lord is, Jesus is opening our understanding of his purposes in our lives to a depth which is beyond our present comprehension. 
And when we hear the things we hear and we see what's happening in the society all around us, it can be overwhelming. If we are less than human, we wouldn't feel it, but we're all human. We are spiritual beings, but we are also natural human beings. And through all of this and through um, a myriad of voices and through many conflicts and pressures and trials that all of us are feeling, but certainly more so for the people of God who just know that we don't belong here. This world is not our home. We are just passing through. We are pilgrims on a journey. And our eyes are continually on the compass of the word of God because that will point us in the right direction and help us to discern accurately. You know, Jesus is revealing mysteries to those whose hearts are ready to receive further light and revelation. And I'm talking now about the approaching millennial kingdom. Now, Jesus has not yet come for his church, but he is most certainly coming. And these labor pains and the contractions that we feel and the upheaval in the social realm, in the spiritual realm, all converging along with the physical realm, we're going to be seeing the increase of these things. We're increasingly uh, realizing that collisions are happening, okay? And so as we know the voice of the Lord, as we begin to take a look at some guidelines that will help us, we will then have the hope and the confidence God knows everything we're going through. And I want to talk just for a minute about facts concerning our ability to hear. Now, we all know we need ears to hear. Amen. This is something I I ask for every day because I have that need. I need ears to hear. And I need to be taught. And I need to stay humble and teachable and repentant before him so that I can hear accurately, beloved. If we understand that there is a spiritual war to keep us from hearing and seeing accurately, then we'll understand why Paul went into such detail in Ephesians 6, talking about putting on the whole armor of God. Because specifically with that helmet, I want to just talk about that helmet just for a minute, the helmet of our salvation, which is described in Ephesians 6. We are to put on that helmet of God. Why is that? It's because our minds, our thoughts, our ears, our eyes, everything we're seeing and hearing and coming into our mind, it's like we're being continually assaulted with filthiness. We're being assaulted with the swamp, and certainly the swamp has a voice. There's no question about that. Uh, There's such debauchery. There's such corruption, uh, such hypocrisy. Uh, the, The swamp certainly has a voice. And the thing about the voice of the accuser and the voice of the serpent, sometimes the voice of the serpent can be really subtle. So I want to talk just for a minute about how the Lord speaks to us, and then I want to comment on other voices. If we understand that the Holy Spirit is not human, now, the Holy Spirit is a person, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. This is a triune nature of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We must remember his language is not English. He is a spirit, okay? So he communicates with us in the language of the Spirit, And primarily, he speaks to us through the scriptures. So if you speak English, you have an English-speaking Bible, he will speak through the scriptures. That's just one way that he speaks to us. 
if it seems at times the Lord is silent, it is possible we've not recognized the way in which he communicates with us. And again, when he introduces himself, as we wait upon him, as we pick up the word of God and we ask him, could you please speak to me through your word, Father, and confirm to me in what I need to know for direction for my life, for help, for understanding, for discernment, because, beloved, we all need that. We need to hear the voice of the Lord daily. We need fresh manna daily. I'm grateful for what the Lord showed me yesterday, but I want to know what he's saying today. I need ears to hear today. So when he introduces himself, it's as though he brings an element of wonder and awe. And we sense his presence, and he draws us into relationship with him. Okay, so if you were raised in religion like I was, I was raised Catholic, it's completely different. Religion introduces uniformity, it pushes for performance, and it insists upon adherence to rituals, okay? But when we come to Christ and we realize that Christianity and the new birth is about a living relationship with the living God. It's being born again. We were all born once naturally. We must be born again. And that spirit man now that was dead has come alive. And so when the Lord begins to speak to us, generally, he gives basic guidelines. And in other words, like a general sense of direction in the beginning, okay? And as we seek him more and more for clarity, um, we can write things down. We can ask the Lord specific things. And this will actually create a dependency upon him, which he loves. He wants us to lean on him, okay, not our own understanding, a dependency upon him. And this will cause us to seek him daily for guidance. And when we seek to worship him in spirit and in truth, and if our pursuit is truly just to know him, then the seeing and the hearing are going to follow. So the desire is not primarily just to obtain information from him, but to have a relationship with him. It's loving him and serving him and walking with him because he's worthy, because he's wonderful, because he loves you, because you are his child, and because he knows all things. And he knows that you are in preparation. Beloved, it's hard to comprehend. But God has a people who are in preparation for planetary and I believe even universal dominion, not just the earthly realm. We're told about that uh, in the millennial kingdom. He shares some things with us that we need to know. But even beyond that, I believe the Lord is dropping things into the hearts of his people, knowing We may not see prayer answered on this side of the veil. There may be desires and things we want to do, help people serve the Lord with either technology that God has given or understanding or different gifts, but we very likely may not see that happen on this side of the veil. If you could understand that this is just a proving time for us here in the earthly realm, but every desire Jesus has put in you to serve humanity, to serve him, to work alongside of his uh, servants, his, his sons and his daughters. You need to understand God will fulfill those things in his time, and his timing is absolutely perfect. And so as we listen to the voice of the Lord, 
primarily he will speak to us through the scriptures and the scriptures are the living word of God which contains the written language of God and he speaks to us through that inner voice or witness doesn't he we hear things as a child or maybe a parent shares something about maybe our our call in our life or you hear something from a friend or um, a brother or sister in Christ and it's like an inner voice and you'll start reading the word of God and then something it's like that comes alive in you you'll go about your day or a week or two and then the, that voice comes up again. See, remember when I showed you this in my word? I'm trying to teach you something here. I'm trying to show you something. So that inner voice or witness of the Holy Spirit is the still small voice, the language of the Spirit that we hear on the inside of us because the Holy Spirit himself dwells in every born-again child of God. If we understand that he is living in us, walking with us, um, guiding us along the way, that when we hear these other voices and we hear reports of what's going on, then we'll be able to distinguish more and more as we ask him, Father, what was the source of this voice? Could you please show me what is of you and what is not of you? And sometimes you will hear some things and you will really bear witness with something, but part of it may be you're thinking, gosh, Lord, I'm a little unsettled about this other thing that I've heard, could you please confirm it to me? And I think we need to be um, really patient and wait on the Lord. He knows what we're able to absorb. He knows what we need and when we need to hear it. Now, Jesus can speak to us through the audible voice of God. I, In my early years of walking with Christ, I was awakened hearing my name being called. And, and I actually asked my husband, did you call me? He said, no, I didn't call you. But I, I do recall hearing the audible voice of the Lord calling me by name. And my husband had this happen as well a long time ago. Now the Lord speaks to us through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he has supernatural body language. And that consists of the power gifts, the inspirational gifts, and the revelation gifts. And we can read about those, or you can read on your own, in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 11 to 1. Now, I want to just say something about the the revelation gifts because I've found when I was born again, it seemed as though that word of knowledge was operating through me. I didn't know what it was, but I I had friends who were Christians much farther along in their walk, and they would say to me, I believe the Lord has, has, uh, this is a gift that we see operating. This is called a word of wisdom. And I just want to share um, one thing that happened many years ago. Uh, Let's see, we have four grandchildren, I can remember, this would have been 23, 24 years ago, our oldest grandchild is 23. And I can remember one day just doing laundry. Um, You know, Jesus speaks to us, he drops things into our heart throughout the day when we're working, when we're doing errands, we're working around the house, we're just going about errands or whatever we're doing. I was actually putting laundry away, and I'll never forget it. It was upstairs. I was putting towels into my um, cabinets upstairs, and I heard this thought go through my mind. You are going to have a granddaughter. And it caught me off course because I was thinking, where did that come from? You are going to have a granddaughter. And I thought, oh, And so I just sort of kept it to myself. I didn't say anything to anybody. But I can remember a few months passed, and our daughter, 
son-in-law called to let us know that they were expecting. Our daughter was pregnant with her first pregnancy. Now, I didn't say anything to her at first, but I can remember hearing the voice of the Lord saying, you're going to have a granddaughter, and wow, I was excited. When that, those grandchildren come along, let me tell you, those children are wonderful. Let me tell you, when those grandchildren come, it's like frosting on the cake. And so we get another call from our granddaughter, or excuse me, our daughter, a few months later, and she said, I'm, I had to go to the hospital. I was bleeding. And what had happened was she had miscarried. What the doctor said was one of two. In other words, our daughter was pregnant with twins, and he was trying to do his job as a physician. He said, you have miscarried one child, and you will probably lose the other one. Now, something on the inside of me rose up when I heard that, because I know what my father spoke to me. He said, you're going to have a granddaughter. And I felt released to share that with her. I said, honey, that baby is going to live and not die. We're standing on the word of God. I remember praying and standing and saying, my God has spoken this. And I just got into the word and prayed and prayed. And our daughter delivered a beautiful granddaughter. And that was the the granddaughter that Jesus had spoken to me about by his spirit that one day that I was doing laundry and just putting things away. Now, I've had many, many things happen to me through the years, and I would have them in a dream or just by a word of knowledge. I'll just be going about uh, my day, and I will know things, and I will hear things. Most of the time, I won't talk about it. Sometimes I will, but only if the Lord allows me. I'm trying to be very cautious in what I share and how I share. But this is one way that God will speak to his people is through power gifts, inspirational gifts and revelation gifts and the word of knowledge is one of those revelation gifts now he speaks to us through our everyday conversations beloved we will be having a conversation with a friend we'll be standing in line at the store somewhere or somebody will say something wow i had this happen this morning let me tell you what happened this morning i'm preparing for tonight and i'm just sitting with the lord and i heard in my ear because Sometimes I hear it and sometimes I see it. I saw Acts chapter 16. And in that, I I was reminded by the Lord that we were going to be talking about voices tonight and how sometimes the enemy will come in and sometimes there will be partial truth and sometimes there will be a mixture. Well, to make a long story short, we, uh, my husband and I were in a service this morning and the exact same scripture God spoke to me about this young woman who had a spirit of divination, Uh, she was crying out saying, these men, meaning Paul and his accomplice, are showing men the way to salvation and Jesus Christ is Lord, et cetera, et cetera. And that was practically the opening scripture that I heard this morning in this service. And this is the same scripture the Lord had spoken to me because I heard caution in the Lord's voice. He's saying, my people need to be so careful what voices they listen to because sadly, beloved, uh, these false voices have crept into the churches. They have crept into gatherings. They've crept into homes. They've crept into online radio. They've crept into television. And there are clairvoyants. There are soothsayers. There are prognosticators, sorcerers, and mediums 
These are counterfeit sources of light. And let me tell you, they will speak truth. This woman who had the spirit of divination, who was earning money for her masters, was speaking truth. But the problem is it was an occultic source. So the reason I'm sharing this with you is the very scripture that I heard was the very scripture that I heard for a second time this morning coming out of the mouth of, of, of a man who was preaching God's word with power and anointing. And it's just, again, a reminder to us, if we hear some things, or if someone says, I've had a dream, I've had a vision, or this, God absolutely speaks through them. But we also uh, must understand that there are counterfeit communications. There are true dreams and visions that God gives, but there are also delusions and hallucinations which do not come from him. So here's the thing. We ask the Lord, well, Father, how am I to know what is from you and what is not? Now, especially because we know the Lord can speak to us through parables, right? That's how Jesus taught. That is how the rabbis taught. They used parables. He uses riddles. He uses what we call dark speech, which is symbolic language. Now, you can read about that. This is in the show notes, by the way. Um, it's in Numbers 12, it's in Psalm 78, it's in Matthew 13. Even Samson posed a riddle in the book of Judges. So if the Lord uses these various ways to speak to his people or to convey a message, how then do we know that this source is from the Holy Spirit or it comes from an occultic source or it comes from another source that is not the Lord. You know, here's the thing. This is what I've, I've had to do. I said, you know, Father, there are things that I hear, and there's some things that I am bearing witness with, but I will ask the Lord later. I'll wait on the Lord is what I'll do. If you hear a person being exalted, worshipped, uh, if the focus is upon an individual, and accept and not the Lord Jesus Christ, if the focus is upon a gift or about how wonderful somebody is, if flesh is being exalted in any way, then we need to step back and say, now, wait a minute. Everything that is said and done is going to line up with the word of God, also the character of God, because even the Holy Spirit exalts Jesus. Jesus exalted his father, right? So the Lord speaks to us uh, through different ways, but we have to ask him to show us because the days are growingly deceptive, okay? And if the scripture tells us that it's possible even for the elect to be deceived, we must remember that God is going to continue to speak through visions uh, and, and even trances. Those are in the word of God. This is the picture language of God. And I've had I can only speak from my own experience. This is just one of the ways God shows me. I'll see like a flash picture of something, often if I'm ministering in a meeting somewhere. And if it doesn't agree with Scripture, I will ignore it. I'll say, Father, I want to wait on you because, beloved, we can be deceived. It's really important that we know that. And we ask the Lord to cut, uncover any deception, any double-mindedness, any idolatry, don't allow anything to come into your heart, beloved. Ask him to keep you clean so that you are a clean vessel with the pure word of God coming through, not following men, not uh, 
praising them or exalting or putting any gift, any person, any ministry, any movement on a pedestal. We must keep our eyes on Jesus and on the living word of God. Hallelujah. And he does speak to us through dreams. That's the sleep language of God. He also speaks to us through laughter or weeping. And I know particularly with those who are called to a ministry of intercession, and we're all called to pray. That is a fact. But some, I believe, are especially anointed in intercession, and they are easily touched and moved to tears and also um, also laughter. Now, I don't believe in this whole drunkenness, laughter, nonsense that goes on. No, no, no. I'm talking about a joy, and there are true tears uh, when the Lord is conveying his emotions through us and to us because we are created in his image. All right, and he does have emotions, amen. And he speaks to us through our, con- our circumstances. He instructs us through the practical language of everyday life, and he doesn't always wow us, right? Um, God speaks through angels. He absolutely speaks through angels. His handiwork, his creation, the Bible tells us, declares the glory of God. Romans 1 tells us that. And God can speak to us through prophetic acts. Um, meaning uh, there there can be, let me just give this example. I found in my life decades, many times, people would give me a similar gift. I would get the same gift just, you know, because they're so precious and they want to thank me for something. They would give me something. I, I remember for years, many people would give me a candle, all right? I would get a gift of a candle or beautiful candles, lights, candles. And I I realized the Lord was saying something. He said, I'm illuminating you. I'm going to help you to see that so that you can help others see. And I also saw the the wise virgins in that because they kept their candles lit. They had plenty of oil, right? And they trimmed their wicks. So this was like a prophetic act. Now, that may not have happened to you. And, you know, frankly, you may not agree with me. But I could see a pattern in some of these gifts that were given to me. And then I would go into the Word, and he would talk to me about the illumination and the light that comes by the Holy Spirit, letting your light shine. So he speaks to us and communicates with us, beloved, in many ways. And when we're seeking him for direction, let me just say this. If we're seeking direction, and we have some important decisions to make, he will speak to us through supernatural peace. I don't know how else to say it, but those of you who have walked with the Lord, you, Lord, you have learned this. It's like supernatural peace is his calling card. You just have a, a rest, a confirmation about a direction you feel you're supposed to move in. Um, it's like inner rest. It's like um, a sigh of relief when you know you've waited when you've asked the Father to please confirm his word to you on a particular subject. Again, I believe supernatural peace is like a calling card. And again, it always has to line up with the word of God. And um, we know that the enemy will come in. We know that when the enemy speaks, he's like an intruder. Let me just say that about the enemy. It's like he is pushy, he's an intruder, and he will attempt to force his way in. He's invasive, 
He's accusing and deceptive. And he will distort the true message of the cross. He will seek to overpower you and pressure you to move in haste without waiting upon the Lord. Okay? And he brings confusion and fear and intimidation. Okay? When the Lord speaks to us through his Holy Spirit, he will prompt us and lead us. Okay? It's like a personal courtesy that he brings. It's like an embrace, which results in a union of free wills. He speaks in love, but he's very firm. And it's like a recurring tugging of the heart. It's like, a, I don't know, like a tapping, a tugging of the heart. But it's not, he doesn't hit us over the head with a hammer. He just doesn't do that. He uses his word. And yes, if we're stubborn, and oh, yes, I've been there, uh, yeah, he'll break the stubborn rock of resistance into pieces because his word is like a hammer. But when he speaks, he is not a taskmaster, okay? He is kind, but he's also severe, all right? Uh, behold both the kindness and the severity of God. I mean, he, be, he means business, kind, he's encouraging, he will build you up and lift you up and remind you how much he loves you, but he will also say, don't go this way. This is not the way to go. Don't do it. And it's almost like, when I'm trying to think of a, a way to describe it, if I want, um, am attempting to seek the Lord with some direction, okay, or some counsel for my life, if, if I'm saying, Lord, I need some wisdom in this particular area, could you please speak to me through your word? I will always ask him to speak to me through his word, and then I will wait for confirmation. So, again, he's not pushy, and I, I believe it's important that we know that we not be in haste when it comes to listening to the Lord. All right, now, when we talk about the servant's voice, I want to talk about the serpent's voice for just a minute because it's very subtle. And in Scripture, we know that the serpent points to Satan, the seducer, all right? And we know that the dragon points to Satan, the persecutor. All right? Now, the serpent, we understand when Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of my father and to finish his work, right? The book of Genesis tells us that the serpent feeds, that his meat is in the dust realm, okay? That's in the book of Genesis. So he moves through the dust realm, that's the fallen realm, that is his food, okay? And so Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of the Father and to finish his work, but the serpent offers a different kind of substance, okay? He offers a counterfeit diet, uh, he offers doctrines of men, philosophy, superstition, mysticism, Gnosticism, idolatry, and he causes people to focus on uh, the mysteries to a point that they can get off, the metaphysical sciences. So my question to you tonight, brothers and sisters, is what table are you eating from? Are you eating from the table of the Lord, or have you wandered into some stuff that maybe you shouldn't be reading or ingesting? Because the serpent moves through and feeds upon the dust realm, that is the earthly, carnal minds of men, his voice 
speaks through the unregenerate on those whose minds are set beneath. And so he represents, the serpent represents the bestial spirit of the world over which we know he's presently God and prince, right? Now we know that this prince, this God of the world has already been judged. Jesus said so in John 16:11. He's already been bruised. Romans 16:20, and he is consigned to hell. Jesus said so in Matthew 25:41. But in the meantime, we live. We're living in this realm, aren't we? Right. So he will utilize that voice of fear. He will try to seduce God's people away from the truth in God's word and to get us to run down some rabbit trail and deviate from the ancient paths, all right? He deceives men by appealing to and working through our emotions, our sensory knowledge, and appetites of the flesh. He will try to take our heavenly mindedness and move it completely upon the sensory realm and the appetites of the flesh. So he will direct men, instead of being led by revelation through the Spirit of God, he will try to direct the focus of human beings to be focused upon the perishable things of a dying world, okay? He works through the carnal mind and the sensory realm. And the word of God tells us those who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. The serpent's influence, his voice will encourage men to be conformed to the image of this world. But we know we're to be conformed to the image of the son. How do we do that? Okay, I might say, yes, Lord, I want to be conformed to the image of the son. How do I do that? Well, I submit myself to God. I lay down my body, my life daily as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable him, which is my reasonable service, right? And so we desire and say, Father, I desire to be obedient to your spirit. Deliver me from the evil one, I pray, Father. And renew my mind. Help me to renew my mind, Lord, because I know that this leads to my transformation. Okay, so the renewing of the mind, again, leads to transformation. He's transforming us right now on the inside, and we are, our bodies will be transformed at a later time. Now, the voice of the serpent is subtle. We know that. And he offers a to those who don't know any better a realm of worldly happiness and fulfillment. I can give you this. I can do that for you. If you'll just look this way, if you'll just move by the power of your flesh, he offers worldly happiness and fulfillment apart from God's will, causing men to serve the creature rather than the creator, right? We know about that from Romans 1. He has the ability, the serpent's voice has the ability to draw men to its supernatural, mystical power, and the source of this voice is called the devil. And we've talked many times before, Jesus said it's a wicked and an adulterous generation that seeks after a sign. So we don't follow after signs, but those who preach the gospel will have signs and wonders following them. Hallelujah. And so he will cause God's people to be carnally minded. But we know the carnal mind is hostile to God, right? We know that those who walk according to the flesh can't please God. 
humanistic wisdom, worry, anxiety, and the fretting that comes from living in a fallen world and hearing the reports that we are here coming, we hear coming. We know about the voice that comes through, for example, progressive Christianity, if I could use that term. The error or the voice of progressive Christianity has departed from the Great Commission and adherence to scriptures, and instead its focus is upon economic, social justice, environmentalism, and political empowerment. Beloved, we need to understand that these are kingdoms of men. These are not, this is not our Father's eternal heavenly kingdom. The economic realm, the political realm, the financial realm, the media realm, technology realm, all of these are kingdoms of men, and every one of them are coming to an end. Now, we will see these things merging together. We all know this. At the end of time, the day in which we are living, at the end of the age, we know that these things are converging We know that fear and intimidation is affecting the masses, uh, and we know that we have to resist the paranoia and the fear-driven agenda that's being promoted by these entities. We know this. Now, we have to be aware of it. Jesus told us to watch, right? We have to be aware of what's going on. And it is our duty, and it is our job to let other people know. But if we're not giving them the gospel, then we're not doing our job. We must share the gospel with people. We must use these opportunities, these reports, what we're hearing as a platform to say, let me tell you about what Jesus did for me. Did you know that he's coming? Did you know that these things are signs that he said would precede his second coming? You know, Psalm 107.2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Beloved, you and I need to know we have been redeemed from the hand of the enemy. But unfortunately, his agenda and his voice is permeated the culture that we live in. And these entities that we um, uh, are living in the same sphere with, if I could use that word, We are in the world, but we're not of the world, right? And so there is the technology giant, right? The voice that comes from technology, again, and the offspring of the fallen ones, we know this, have infiltrated and are directing this whole structure we call Babylon. Now, we've talked about Babylon in the past. Uh, There's uh, Mystery Babylon, the City of Babylon, Babylon the Great, the Whore of Babylon, the concept of Babylon. Let me just make it very, very simple. Babylon is the city that men build. The New Jerusalem is the city that God built, and it is prepared for us, and it is coming. And, beloved, that's where we belong. That's what our destiny is. So we're having to stand and resist the voice of paranoia, the voice of this fear-driven agenda being promoted by these entities and their combined strengths and their resources and their influence are enormous. These are like giants. It's like David and Goliath, right? These are giants. We know that power-hungry tyrants are controlling these 
entities upon which the new world order is being built. Again, I mentioned the technology giants, right? These are the cyberspace gurus, right? The masterminds of transhumanism technology, the artificial intelligence. We were talking the other day to our graduating grandson from high school. He was talking about chat GPT. And I, and so, you know, they're hearing about this. It's coming into the mainstream media. Uh, uh, this is evolving. Artificial intelligence is evolving. We know that digital IDs are being prepared. Uh, we know that nanotechnology is a reality. Uh, we know that biodigital convergence programs and supercomputer data storages are being built. These are enormous buildings, miles uh, that are storing information about the citizens. And of course, there's a military. The voice, the military has a voice, right? And we know that uh, surveillance is being uh, utilized. We know that satellites and systems delivering chemical, biological, and uh, microwave, uh, beam weapons, um, nuclear weapons, all of these things, the secret space program, these are voices, and we know that all of these things in and of themselves, certainly some things such as nuclear and, and so on, can be used for good, but when it's in the hands of the fallen ones, I'm here to tell you, it will be used for, for that which is evil and corrupt, and these entities have voices. And so when we hear these reports and we're hearing um, – the swamp, the voice coming up from the swamp saying, you can trust us and we know it's best for you, nonsense. We take these things to the spirit of the Lord and we ask him for wisdom. Father, how do I navigate through this situation? And then, of course, there's another voice that comes from big pharma, from the drug industry. These voices of men and women, criminal scientists who are falsifying data, they're pushing and creating a dependency upon harmful drugs and substances to the public. It comes right back down to their pocketbook. It's all about a cash, creating a, a monetary flow, and it's creating mind-altering products. We don't, we, we're hearing about this awful drug situation that's coming up through our borders. It's in our lands. It's worldwide. It's, it's everywhere, beloved, and genetic bioengineering and mind-altering products and um, things being pushed to the public and the commercials that I'm seeing on television, for example, for the drugs that they're pushing now, I don't ever remember hearing this even 10 years ago. There is such a push for these drugs and the warnings that come with them. They talk about the possible warnings. Well, this could cause a heart attack. It could cause uh, glaucoma. It could cause low blood pressure, it could cause seizures, on and on and on. I think, my goodness, God have mercy. I pray that the people of God would seek the Lord before they take any kind of a prescription drug. Now, now, beloved, they do have a place. I'm not knocking them or putting them down. I'm saying we've got to seek the Lord because the voice is pushing you. Just take a drug. Just use a substance coming from Big Pharma. And then, of course, there's a voice that comes from the media, the mainstream media, and we know that these are the puppets. These are the puppets who are providing the propaganda, aren't they? The media, the voices coming from the mainstream media is communicating the narrative, right? 
they've been bought and paid for, all right? And they're spreading the disinformation. We know this. And it's resulting in mind control of the masses, and it's causing people to be afraid. And we know that the entities, the powers that be, want, it's hard to, to fathom, you know, a normal person even thinking this way, but they want to control the masses. And so they'll want to bring people to the point of being sick, confused, scared, and broke. You see, they need to initiate another crisis because they want an, another world war to break out internationally. And we know that they want to reduce the population and cull the masses and uh, cut humanity to their proportion, what they think in their own depraved minds is suitable for them. We know that these things have voices and the disinformation is everywhere. The narrative of the fallen ones is everywhere. And of course, the central bankers have a voice, right? and they are using paranoia and fear to try to drive the people. But the people of God believe the word of God. My God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Beloved, we have got to use the weapon of the word of God. Take up the sword of the spirit and stand against this fear that tries to come primarily, I see, to every man or head of the house because he knows God has called him to provide to help provide for the needs of that family that he loves and cares for. Now, certainly, God provides the needs, but we have to do the work, right? He has to get up every day and go to work and use those skills and talents. And to the single parents I'm talking to to tonight, I applaud you and I salute you and I thank you for your bravery and your courage as you try to navigate through this day when uh, things are so very difficult. But the central bankers... And the voice that is coming from the banking industry, these are the elitist robber barons. We know this. They're deceitful. They're fallen. They're corrupt. And currencies are changing. These real estate titans and the manipulators of the economy will all stand before their judge one day. But again, they have a voice. If we understand that these voices can crowd out or... uh, overwhelm us if we are not in the word of God. We need to know when to turn off the news, beloved. We have got to turn off uh, some of these news reports. We've got to shut off the video sometime and not deny that they're there, but we need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. We must remember and we must keep our mind fastened on that which is above and on the voice of the Lord that is said, he has delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. Hallelujah. Psalm 107 says, they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distress. Second Corinthians 2.14, now thanks be to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm getting excited now because I'm reading his word. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. That means that when these voices are assaulting our minds, our children, our friends, our family members, our loved ones, we can remind them of what God has said. We can remind them that there are promises given to the one who overcomes. And if there are voices of fear that come, 
voices of betrayal that have come into your lives, all right? That voice of betrayal that will try to come between a husband and a wife, the voice of betrayal that will try to come between brethren. You put your foot down and say, no, I will not have it in the name of Jesus because the enemy is at work trying to drive a wedge between husbands and wives, parents and children, and the brethren in the body of Christ, and we have to put our foot down, silence those voices, put on that praise music, take up the word of God, and begin to speak it out loud if you have to, beloved, knowing that the enemy wants to bring, he wants to bring destruction to the people of God. But I'm here to tell you tonight that the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. As we understand and we know that we're in a day where there is um, collision taking places. There's a collision, in fact, of the Lord's voice. It's colliding with other voices, okay? You see, God speaks from the eternal realm, as we said earlier. And even as David, okay, as King David was in the wilderness, he had a table. God prepared a table for him. In the wilderness, in the presence of his enemies, and know that God has prepared a table for each of us. We can feast and dine with the Lord. We can pick up his word. We can meet in homes. We can pray for one another, encourage one another, and say, yes, you will make it. I know this report sounds bad. I know what's happening in the schools, what your children are facing, but parents, I'm here to tell you, his grace is sufficient for you. Jesus knew you'd be raising your children in 2023, and he knew those entities and those voices that would be arrayed against you. And I'm here to tell you that the same God that raised Jesus from the dead, that is going to raise you and I from this corruptible realm, he will give you grace to finish valiantly, courageously, overcoming, because we serve a God who does exploits, beloved. Now, does that mean that we don't feel afraid or weak at times? No, it doesn't mean that at all. We all know what it, how it feels to be weak. We all know what it feels like to be afraid. But what do we do? We realize that fear and hysteria are trying to collide with faith and courage, and we stand up in the name of Jesus. As I said earlier, the voices of these entities are bold and clear and loud and we're going to have to be bold and clear and loud we're going to have to speak the truth in love and continue to know that the spirit of truth who always speaks god's word that's what his voice does is continually and presently colliding with the spirit of error and the cancel culture right You see, we're laying up an eternal treasure right now, beloved. The treasure that Jesus is after in this life, in this sphere, in this realm, are souls. This is the treasure that he seeks, that he wants us to be seeking with him, is to share when we can, boldly and courageously. You see, the days are growing increasingly tumultuous. And the confrontations that God's people are, and just simply people who are moral people, all right? Moral people uh, who care about their children and their families and their nation, right? Again, knowing our real home is in the heavenly realm, but we care about where we live. We care 
about the schools our children are attending. We care about the drugs that are coming up through and infiltrating our nations. We need to understand that the impact and the confrontation is growing and increasing. We know that things are going from bad to worse. Jesus said, but you be holy still. And if God gives us grace, then I'll tell you what, I don't see any scripture in anywhere in the word of God that says we can't ask for more grace. God gives us grace. He'll never, ever not give us too much grace. So if I'm feeling exhausted, if I'm feeling overwhelmed by voices or reports or things that I see happening, I realize that Jesus knows exactly where I live, what's going on in my family, with my husband's business, with my ministry, with my children, with my grandchildren. And what I know is I can take up the word of God. I can stand on God's word and know that I and you, you and I can be like Caleb and Joshua, all right? And we see these giant uh, entities, these voices that seem to be overwhelming us, and we can be like Caleb and Joshua and say, they are meat for us. Because you see, the other 10 spies, the other 10 said, no, they're going to swallow us up. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. But God has some overcomers, hallelujah, in the land. God has a people who are presently overcoming and they know they're God. And even though they're being uh, hit from every side, and even though they may be ridiculed or mocked or felt left out or dealing with opposition or being betrayed, they know that what God is allowing them to walk through, as Joshua and Caleb said, they're meat for us. In other words, we're going to grow and increase in strength by these things that we're having to face every day. And this is what God is doing with his people in preparation, with these voices that come from seemingly giants, right? They seem like giants in our eyes. But what we're seeing here now is ahead. If we can think ahead, if we can ask God to give us eyes to see and to put our hope in Christ and our hope in what's coming, we need to know that God will be sending Official representatives from different lands, different countries are going to come annually to Jerusalem to receive teaching and guidance in the things of the Lord. Uh, the law is going to go forth out of Zion. Uh, that's what it says in Isaiah 2, 3. It says that uh, out of Zion will go forth the law and the word of God from Jerusalem. So ambassadors of God's kingdom will go into all the nations to teach the people that which God requires for life and immortality in the millennial kingdom. Beloved, this is what he's teaching us now so that we can help others. Did you know that? So in your pain, in your place of pressure, in the struggles that you have, know that God is working his eternal purposes in you. All right? And so when voices and pressures are seem to be colliding, okay? Maybe the voice of despair has been speaking up and you feel like you have no hope. We need to understand that despair, self-pity, uh, and these things have a voice. And if we begin to hear these things come up or we begin to think nobody is possibly going through what I'm going through. Now, there's truth in that. 
but nobody is going through what you are going through and nobody is going through exactly what I am going through. You see, we each have a path to walk on and our goal is the same. And if we're accountable to one another, if we're in fellowship with one another, if we're praying for one another, if we're encouraging one another with the word of God, then we're going to be building each other up, right? We have to build up, edify, strengthen, exhort, and prepare and help our brethren because the day of the Lord is drawing near. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming. So when the voice of the, let's say, okay, example, the voice of the harlot comes to you, all right? You're hearing seduction. You're hearing deception, and you realize this is religious Babylon. This is the the whore that sits upon many waters. You realize, okay, this isn't the voice of the Lord, and you take authority over that thing because seduction is everywhere. What about the voice of religious tradition? Okay, a set wineskin. This is what religion does. It drives people to performance. Religion dictates three things, if you can remember this. It dictates where, when, and how to worship. But the new birth is walking in the spirit. True worship in spirit and in truth is walking day by day, and it's our response to his holy presence. It's just abiding in him, beloved. All right? So when that voice rises up, if you run across well-meaning people, but they're stuck in religion, just take them into the word of God and show them the woman at the well, And how Jesus said, I am he that you are talking to. Because there are people that are stuck there. They're good people. They're religious people. But they're stuck in their works and their rituals. So when that voice rises up, come in with the spirit of truth and just begin to show them that it's about the new birth. And it's not about performance. What about the voice of compromise that comes? That says, you know what, if you just take a shortcut, it's okay. God knows He loves you. It's okay. God will forgive you. It's okay. You can get away with this. Nobody will see. That is a voice. Compromise is a voice. But you know what? We're not going to compromise because we want to walk a high standard because Jesus hates sin and he hates compromise. And he said, I only do that which I see my father doing. Jesus just didn't compromise. So when I miss the mark, when you miss the mark, Okay, when we drop the cross, I'm not talking about throwing it away. I'm not saying I don't want anything to do with Christ anymore. It doesn't work. I'm talking about when we miss the mark, what do we do? When we fall and have listened to that voice of compromise, what do we do? Immediately we go to the Father. We confess our sin. Father, I'm so sorry. If it involves another person, we go to them. Ask them, forgive me. I've done this. Please, would you forgive me? And Let that relationship be restored. Beloved, we don't have time to allow godly friendships, to allow the enemy to come in and ruin godly friendships. These are gifts from God. To me, it is a a gift of God that I can come on and talk with you tonight, that my brother Johnny Baptist would allow me to come and share. This is a gift. This is a friendship now. I think going on 10 years, I think I've been in touch with John now. And, and Sister Nancy and, and others who have been in my life and who have had the privilege to communicate with friends, there are, are voices that will try to come in and destroy godly marriages, relationships, friendships, uh, business associates. And so we have to work 
at restoring broken relationships. We have to work at um, rebuilding relationships, if that is at all possible. I understand that at times it's not possible. But let's not fall into compromise. Let's not betray those that we claim to love. Let's not betray the Lord with the words of our mouth. Let's not betray ourselves like Peter did, like we've all done. I tell you, I know not the man. He said it three times, right? He betrayed the Lord. That was a voice speaking to him because he was fearful, right? But we have to ask the Lord to help us to be strong and courageous and to speak boldly and clearly and loudly and not be afraid because, beloved, I'll tell you right now, if I can save you some pain, let me just tell you right now, people do not like the stand that we take for Christ and for godliness. If you walk with Jesus, if you attempt to walk uh, according to the righteousness of Christ, right, the righteousness of Christ that's imparted to you and I, if you walk on a narrow path, people on the wide road are going to be offended by you. Let me just tell you that now. They're not going to like your narrow-minded perception. You're, they're not going to like what you believe are, are standards and boundaries that God has given us through the word of God. They're not going to like you. They're going to flat be offended by you. They're going to betray you. But let me just tell you this. There are, there are a people in the earth there is a remnant who belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, and we love you, and we care about you, and the pain you are going through, and though we may not be walking through your exact test, let me tell you something, speaking for myself, Sister Terry cares about you, and when you get to be a grandma like I am, you realize the clock is ticking, there is not much time left, Jesus is coming, beloved, and he may call some of us sooner than others. And corporately, boy, I would love it if he would come this year. I don't think he is. I think we have some time. But let me just say this. If the voice of the accuser comes and he's trying to accuse you for that which uh, your failure from the past, know that you are forgiven and the accuser will continually try to bring up your past mistakes where you've missed it, where, you're, where you have failed, and he will try to tell you that you're not worthy. He will try to tell you, God can't forgive you of that. You've missed the mark too many times. He is a liar. He is defeated. He is bruised, and he is going to be consigned to the lake that is, um, burns with fire. Remember, those who fear and reverence the Lord are presently having to deal with those who fear the response of the people. So it's one of two things. We either fear and reverence the Lord, or we're going to listen to that voice who are fearing the response of the people. Why? Because the fear of God collides with the fear of man. And so, Father, I'm asking for all of us tonight in the mighty name of Jesus that the fear of God would rise up within us and the fear of man would go. Father, that you would give us boldness, clarity, and confidence in the God that we serve. And, Father, we know that you'll confirm your word with signs and wonders. We know that you will bring the witness of the Holy Spirit. So, Father, I'm asking right now for boldness and courage to speak out when we're supposed to speak and to be quiet when we're supposed to be quiet. Thank you, Father, for that. We know also that biblical end-time prophecy, okay, and that's a voice, that Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy, right? That's what the word tells us. 
So if God discloses biblical end-time prophecy, we know that the voice of false predictions of the prognosticators, the mystics, those who were caught up in clairvoyance and the soothsayers and and those who were divined by the powers of the occult, there are two voices there. So how do we know how to discern biblical end-time prophecy from the false predictions. We know by staying in the word of God, beloved, by asking God to deliver us from other voices, deceptive voices, seducing spirits. Ask the Lord, Father, have I opened myself up to anything? Am I involved in mysticism, Gnosticism? Uh, uh, Have I, uh, is there any open door? Beloved, go to the Lord and ask him. We want to hear the Lord's voice. We don't want to be off. But on the other hand, we don't want to be fearful either. So as the Lord says, just take a step and trust me. He will help you to separate the clean from the unclean. He will help to separate you from the precious from the vile. Hallelujah. Now, those who are preaching Jesus Christ and him crucified have a voice, right? We are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. All right, we're not here to redeem Babylon. God did not tell Abraham to fix Babylon. He said, get out, Abraham. And he is not going to encourage his faithful church to stay in a dead church. He's not going to encourage his overcomers to stay in a place where they're preaching a watered-down, man-pleasing gospel. He won't do it. All right? Now, I came out of Catholicism. I was not saved while a Catholic. But I know those who have been saved while Catholics. Now, listen to me, brothers, if you're a Catholic. All right? I've been there. I was raised in it. If you are reading God's word, if you are seeking the Lord, then you will know that idolatry is in Catholicism. You will know if you are praying and seeking the Lord with all your heart that they are offering another way to salvation through Mary. And they talk about purgatory, that you can atone for your own sins in purgatory. Beloved, if you are still in the Catholic faith, you need to get out. All right? So those who are preaching the truth of the gospel, Jesus Christ and him crucified him, are going to be colliding with and having to deal with the voice that comes, these smooth speeches that tickle the ears. Another Jesus, another spirit, and another gospel. I'm telling you right now it's happening. We also know that servants who worship the Lord Jesus Christ, okay, there is a voice because Jesus is the preeminent one. There is no church. There is no movement. There is no denomination. There's no gift. There's no ministry that is above him. It is Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus, the Messiah that is the head of the church. He is the object of our worship, not the church. So that voice is going to be colliding with other voices. Those who are walking in the spirit, okay, there are going to be those who are walking after the flesh because they're listening to another voice. Oh, Sister Terry, you're too uh, narrow-minded. No, if you were more loving, you would be more tolerant. So I'd have to take them to the word of God and say, no, let's look and see what Jesus said here. Jesus said, if they were offended by me, they will be offended by you. Jesus said, 
If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. Now, we say it in love, but we don't back down, beloved. We have to be bold. There are people born again by the Spirit of God that need to leave these Babylonian churches. David had to leave the house of Saul. We got to get out of that mess. If they're compromising, and you know exactly what I mean by compromise, if they're not um, presenting the word of God, if there's no conviction of the spirit, if there's no piercing in the innermost being, if there's no comfort that comes by the spirit of God, if there's no exhorting to follow after the word of God, after the Lord Jesus Christ, the head of the church, then something is wrong. There are many that are being entertained in their churches. They come because of entertainment. Now, Nothing wrong with entertainment, but it doesn't belong in the house of God. I'm sorry, but it just doesn't. We need to be hearing the word of God. We need to be hearing the messages that are preparing the people for the days that are coming. Hallelujah. See, we got, uh, there are folks like Gideon and his troop of 300 overcomers, right? So there's a separation here. So there was a voice that told the rest of the army of Israel, okay, remember, Gideon told him, he said, if you're fearful and afraid, go home. Well, the majority went home when they were fearful and afraid. And then there was another group that was separated who came down to the water, and they were told to drink. Those that lapped like a dog set them aside. So you see, Jesus has come in with his plumb line, with his word, and there's a separating that's happening now. And as we grow increasingly closer to the Lord, we will realize the separating is continued. The separation is coming between the wise and the foolish uh, uh, virgins. It's happening right now. All right? Because the voice of the Lord is talking to the wise, to the overcomers, saying, you need to pay the price for the oil now. You need to watch with me. You need to trim your wick. You need to allow me to cut some things away and prune in you, right? He comes and he prunes with his pruning shears, right? Jesus is the vine, we're the branches, right? And so those wise virgins, you know, when they had those little lamps with oil, they had to cut away the uh, wick because it had to be doused with oil and lit. And if they didn't cut it away, it would just smoke and burn, okay? So Jesus is doing the clip and snip, if you will, by the power of his Holy Spirit, cutting away that useless stuff in our lives that doesn't need to be there because other voices are clamoring for our attention. Beloved, there simply is not enough time in a 24-hour period to do everything for every voice that would demand something from you. We must come to the Lord daily. Father, help me to hear your voice above the others so I can order my day. So I'm not overwhelmed. So I'm not fearful. So I'm not continually frustrated. Friends, if your joy is gone, if you're always frustrated and overwhelmed, something is wrong. The joy of the Lord is our strength, beloved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If God is bringing revelation and understanding to his people, to his overcomers who are now being prepared for the coming of the Lord to rule and reign in an age that is coming when King Jesus sits on the throne, when he's going to fix this mess, right? That voice that's calling us to come closer to him is having to deal with these voices that are breeding blindness and ignorance. And it's painful when we try to have conversations with friends and family members we know, and you want to talk to them about what's happening uh, in the world, 
And they look at you like, huh? And, and so what I have to say, Father, help me to communicate in a way that makes sense. I don't want to talk down to anybody, and I don't want to give them information that they're not able to swallow. So we have to ask God for wisdom, right? Because God is giving wisdom. He's bringing understanding. And a lot of information is coming to us. And so he got, has to get that information through us, but not in a way that will overwhelm the people or cause them to be afraid. We need the wisdom of God. Amen and amen. And so these gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are operational in every one of God's born-again children, okay, these gifts of the Holy Spirit are there because Jesus will show us what to say, and he might share something with us about that person that we can gently suggest to them, and it will capture their attention. Um, Jesus used uh, every gift. Uh, he was the master. He had the gifts flowing in his life without measure. But we also know there are counterfeit lying signs and wonders that also will be, cre- be increasing, and we know that this is particularly true of Antichrist. But that's another message for another time. Right now, we're talking about voices. Okay, so with spiritual discernment, all right, we're seeking the Lord. Let's say you're seeking the Lord about where to move. You know the Lord is going to move you. Perhaps it's a move for your family. Perhaps it's a move for your career or your job. And as we're seeking the Lord, we ask for discernment. If we can remember that the voice of the Lord will come with supernatural peace, it's like his calling card. If we can remember that he can speak to us through a dream, if we can remember that he can speak speak to us through our brothers and sisters, and we're going to want to know it's really important that we're accountable, all right? So we need to stay accountable to our brethren who love Jesus, who are focused on his coming because he is coming. And so as we seek discernment, we also know that there will be occultic powers of witchcraft. We know these things are operating. We know that witchcraft has a voice. We know that the occultic powers of darkness have a voice. But we also know that the word of God itself carries that spiritual authority because the authority is the anointing of the spirit of God on that which is written by men. So it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, and these men moved and wrote as the spirit of God moved upon them. So true spiritual authority is the Lord himself, and in his word, his word is so powerful. What did he say? So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Didn't he say that? Isn't that the voice that we're hearing? So shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. It shall accomplish that which I please and prosper in the place where I send it. Beloved, His authority is in you, and his authority is in me, and what God wants to accomplish through you, he is going to do it. If he has promised you something, he is going to fulfill it. If you feel weak, then you stand on the promise of God's work. In my weakness, he said, in your weakness, he said, my strength is going to be made perfect. Hallelujah. God has given us the strength, the power, and the authority to overcome every obstacle that you and I face on this side of the veil. We must know and understand that his voice is final. If God said it, I'm telling you, it is true, 
and he will fulfill it. Every jot and every tittle, Jesus said it's going to be fulfilled. And here's the thing that those of us who love the Lord, when we see a blatant disregard for justice, all right, all right, rules for thee and rules for me, we see it everywhere. It's a mess. We're seeing uh, a disregard for God's word, for his Judeo-Christian ethics that originally were in the nation of America, originally were. We see how things are de-escalating. We see how things are, are falling in depravity. We see that we love biblical law and people of God love justice, but we must remember this. The voice of lawlessness and rebellion continues to grow. The voice inciting people to lawlessness and rebellion is inciting them to not only civil war that will spill across the nation again in the United States, but ultimately World War III. These things have been written, beloved. God has said these things are coming. Jesus said, I've told you. Why are you surprised? Friends, I tell you why I think we're surprised. I think it's maybe because we're listening to too many of the wrong voices and it's getting harder, it's getting darker, and maybe, maybe we just need to take God at his word. Maybe we need to just spend more time in the promises that he's given us and listen to his voice who says, thanks be to God, who always is going to cause you to triumph in Christ. And God's voice that says, greater is he that is in you, John and Nancy and brothers and sisters. A greater one lives in you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The Lord your God is a rock, beloved, and he's a house of defense to save you. He is your refuge and your strength. He is your help in the time of trouble that you are facing. And he will, because he said so, deliver your soul in peace from the battle that is against you. Now, does that mean that the battle is going to go away? No, he's going to deliver you through the battle. You see the difference there? When we have the full armor of God, right? The full armor, helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, loins skirt about with truth, feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, taking up that shield of faith, quenching every fiery dart, hallelujah, he said he's going to have a people who triumph. He said in Revelation 12, and they, his beloved, his born-again sons and daughters, overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, loving not their lives unto the death, because, beloved, death is just a passage into eternity. Hallelujah. Because we have been crucified with him, because his death was our death. And when we were baptized and we went under the water and came up, it was a declaration of, I am now raised with Christ. And if God raised Jesus from the dead, he is going to raise you and I. Our bodies are going to be raised. And the voice of a true shepherd will say, my sheep know my voice. His voice is speaking right now. Did you know that? The voice of the Lord is speaking to those who are belong to the Father. 
The true shepherd is speaking, even though the voice of wolves and hirelings may be speaking, but the sheep hear his voice. Hallelujah. And biblical law and justice are going to prevail when King Jesus returns and cleans up this mess. Beloved, it's not our job to clean it up. We can't clean it up. He is coming, and those who are being prepared are receiving revelation. Those who are being proven are going to rule and reign with Christ. And the Lord Jesus is going to appoint stewards over all his creation. Think of this for just a minute, beloved. In your place of pain and pressure and trials and heartache and disappointment, remember you and I are the stewards that God wants to raise up over his creation to help cooperate with his sovereign purposes. And he is looking at now the faithfulness and the abilities of his servants because he knows each of us have different abilities. We have different strengths, different gifts, right? Different talents. And Jesus knows our physical capacity, our intellectual capacity, our emotional capacity. He knows where we are wounded. But guess what? We're human beings. Yes, we have struggles. Yes, we have trials. Yes, we have pressures. And it's coming from voices. The voice that is coming from that place called Babel, Babylon which means confusion, by the way, is colliding with God's voice that is coming through his temple of living stones. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has a temple of living stones, and they're being fashioned and perfected and chiseled by the hammer of his word and the mortar that holds those living stones together. That voice is a corporate voice. Hallelujah. And they are singing the praises of their God. And they are speaking the word of God. And they are calling uh, men to repentance, to come to Jesus Christ. Today is the day of salvation. And he told us in his word, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. You see, there's a voice coming up from a people whose eyes are set on a heavenly kingdom. Because, you see, they know this world is not their home. They know they're having to deal with the voice of a harlot. They're having to deal with voices of idolatry and greed and covetousness. They're having to deal with voices of jealousy and murmuring against God's people. They're having to deal with the voice of deceit that comes from false brethren. They're having to deal with voices of human reasoning and impatience such as that which caused Abraham to produce Ishmael. Beloved, God told Abraham, I'm going to give you a son. But Abraham made a mistake like all of us have made mistakes. He tried to help God, didn't he? And he moved in the strength of his flesh, and he slept with Hagar, and she conceived Ishmael. But guess what? The voice of Ishmael mocks the voice of Isaac, because Isaac was the promised one. So what does that mean? 
That means that God has to send Ishmael away because God said, I told you I was going to raise up that promise through you, my son, my daughter. But because you stepped in with your arm of flesh and your human reasoning, you see, Ishmael will always mock Isaac because the son of the flesh will always mock the son of the spirit. But I'm here to tell you, beloved, I don't know what voice has been speaking to you recently. I don't know what accusation or betrayal or how the serpent has come to try to twist the word of God, what he's trying to do to cause you to go off course. I don't know what your test is. I don't know what your trial is. But there's one thing that I do know, that Jesus is coming again. And I do know that there are (laughs) 7,000 Like God told Elijah, get up, Elijah. Let's get back to work. There's 7,000 that have not bowed the knee to Baal. Yes, the voice of Baal is strong and powerful and influential. And we know that the voice of these innocent children that have been murdered, their blood is crying out for justice, beloved. It's heart-wrenching for every one of us to hear what's going on with the unborn, with the children, with our youth, with the drug culture. But I want you to know that there's another voice that's crying out, and that is the voice of a people who are saying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Your people are crying out to you. Father, help us now by your spirit to hasten the coming of the Lord. Help us to be faithful, to lift our voice up like a trumpet and speak what needs to be spoken, the truth that we know is going to bring a separation. Because Jesus, we know that as we come with you and have communion with you at the table of communion, we know that many maybe didn't recognize your voice. The scripture tells us in Luke's gospel, that these disciples did not recognize his voice when he walked beside them, but they recognized him and his voice at the table of communion. Beloved, God is indeed speaking through the plagues that have come upon our land and will continue to come upon our world. God indeed has spoken to Moses out of the midst of a burning bush. And God spoke his voice by a rod that budded and bloomed and produced almonds. Remember, Aaron's rod was laid before the ark, and God said that the the rod that buds is my choice. You are God's choice, my brother and my sister, and God is speaking through you whether you know it or not, and hell can see it, and heaven is watching. Don't allow the enemy to intimidate you. Pick up, shake off that dust off of your feet, because if God can speak through a donkey that fell on his knees to Balaam, he surely can speak through you and through me, because he speaks truth, and he speaks life, and he speaks comfort, and he gives hope to those who have no hope. The word of God says that God's people cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And God says in Isaiah 41.10, don't fear, I am with you. 
Don't be dismayed. I am your God. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to hold you up by my own right hand. He said, fear not. I will help you. Jeremiah 15, 21. He said, I'm going to deliver you out of the hand of the wicked. Beloved, whether he delivers us out of the hand of the wicked through death or through another miraculous escape, however he wants to do it, I'm here to tell you he is faithful, that he watches over your word, that you've been called into the kingdom for a time such as this. You, beloved, as you and I are raised, that day that Jesus appeared, when this mortal puts on immortality, when this corruptible puts on incorruption, resurrected saints are going to live in the new Jerusalem. And God is preparing those men and women now to have governmental responsibility, inhabitants of the millennial earth who live in natural bodies will work closely with the saints who live in resurrected bodies. Beloved, our best day is yet to come. And his voice is speaking, fear not, I am your God and I will help you. And his voice is greater than the voice of the enemy. And his voice resonates and his sheep know his voice. And the voice of a stranger, we declare, we will not follow. And with that, I say, yes and amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, your servants are waiting. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you. You're, you know, your opening, your opening, your very opening remark was like the perfect word for me. You know, it just was so encouraging and motivational too. Praise Jesus. I just love it. And I knew that this, you know, I, I was skimming through your, I, I kind of cheated a little bit. And I, I, I looked over some of the show notes that Sister Terry had created while I was putting them up on the web. And I was going, this is going to be a good one. <laughs> I was like, going yeah so anyway praise god i'm so glad you you joined us tonight folks um and and terry and and uh you know whether you're listening on a podcast or live this is a blessing passed around people need encouragement now okay that's why i read the prophecy before i gave you all the bad news about the fbi and all that kind of stuff look folks if the olivet discourse continues at the rate that it has been the roads are going to get a little bit bumpier and you know what's so one of the things that sister terry said that is so brilliant and absolutely tough it's hard on us it's hard on us because sometimes i i, I raise my hand Oh, look at that. See, I have a stack right now on my hands, and I am not joking you folks, of probably, if I was to guesstimate, probably about a hundred heavily laminated scriptures that I had put, I had run through my laminator. Believe it or not, the very tippity top one is the righteous perish, but no man takes it to heart. Merciful men are taken away while no one considers that the righteous is taken away from evil. Praise God. So do not be afraid because I, I admit it. I get afraid. I do. I'm, I'm straight up. I'm not I'm never going to tell you anything but the absolute honest to goodness, because you know what? I'm so utterly imperfect. 
that I'm uniquely qualified to be here to, to, do, to encourage you even in some of the darkest times because – Folks, you know, there's uh, and Terry understands this. Uh, this is, you know, I'm just throwing this over the wall and to remind you that, you know, we've got chastening, but then after you go through your chastening parts and you kind of get yourself off the wobbly, you know, occasionally breaking off the, you know, and you have your problems and your issues and you're praying through it, but eventually after you go through your chastening. Then you have the refiner's fire. So, I mean, there's, you know, when it's as difficult as the way there, you know, make no mistake, you are going to get pummeled. You're going to get pummeled. So it isn't about, um, it, it is, it, it's a loving pummeling. Okay. So yeah, it's unpleasant. Even the refiner's fire is unpleasant. But at the end of the day, if you know your word, you're going to realize that where the Lord brought you, even though it kind of sucked balut and i've told you what balut is from the philippines and that's plenty fun all right i'm just letting you know <laughs> personal experience over and over again that I, and I i'm telling you folks this is one of the most powerful messages we all need to embrace it is a blessing for each of us we need motivation i just told sister nancy by the way uh you know don't you know the next couple of shows that i have to myself i'm i'm going to start we're going to focus a little bit more on heaven okay we need more of the good news we need more we need to override the intensity of the darkness that's rising around us with constantly constant reminders it says in colossians 3 verse 2 it says keep your mind stayed stayed hallelujah on things above and not on things of the earth that is how so when sister terry said turn on the praise music let me tell you something you know i i got i'm going to admit a fault Okay, I, I love to admit faults because it, you know, it helps other people. And, um, you know, after I had the blow away, now, you know, I still have copies of them, but I, it's very hard to clean them up. But I had to blow away hundreds of shows, actually thousands of shows, um, because I had broken copyright. I didn't realize that you couldn't play even a little snippet of Christian music. Okay, I didn't know that. And the music that we play on this show during the prayer vigil is all 100%, 100% not copyrighted. I made absolutely sure of that. And copyright is tough because you you can get – I can call Carrie Joby on the phone right now. I'm saying theoretically. And, I, and I've done this, by the way. I have actually called the performers, and I have said, can I get permission to use your song? And they'd say, oh, yes, brother, praise God, absolutely. I can mention a couple that I did that with. But I didn't realize that the band, the studio, the drummer, everybody has to be contacted. So I I found out what true copyright law is, because Romans 13 tells us we can't be breaking the law. Sorry, can't be breaking the law. So anyway, um, anyway, the only reason I brought that out is I got a little bit of a chip on my shoulders over that because it put me through an awful lot of ugly. Um, and the Lord blessed me and gave me – people came forward that had never copyrighted, never contacted anything, never registered anything. And they, the Lord blessed me, and now I have more music than I know what to do with. Praise Jesus. But why is that relevant? 
because Sister Terry said, turn on the praise music. And you know something? I need that. I used to preach that all the time. And I got, admittedly, I got a little bit of a chip on my shoulders because I was somewhat resentful in my heart that all of these Christian um, music presenters or whatever, uh, you know, whatever, performers, you name it, they are registered as copyright. Okay, that's they, and unfortunately, it's not because they're bad people or anything like that. It's just how the industry works. And so, um, but at the time, and, I, and so I stopped doing that. And let me tell you, folks, for real, when you're on the edge of snapping on, I'm a very emotional and highly sensitive person, and I am always on the edge of snapping, okay? <laughs> So I know what I'm talking about in this case, for sure. That's why I ask for so much prayer. But I need to get that back in my life. I need to be able to to say, you know, Alexa, play praise music and have her start playing praise music. You know, because you know what? That praise music scatters the darkness. The demons hate it. They, they, they cannot stand anything that has the name of Jesus or the Holy Spirit associated with it at all. They hate it, and they will leave. And we need that because when they leave, so does the temptation. Praise God. So anyway, Terry, what a message. What a powerful message. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. A word in due season.com. Terry, will you share with everybody again your email? Oh, sure, John. Um, that uh, email is a word in due season seven 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 at gmail dot com. Praise God. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. I'm so glad we had the extra extra time. Uh, and uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and start doing, just so you know, Terry, I'm going to be doing three-hour uh, slots, you know, from here on out because there's just way too much craziness going on. And you know what? And you might say, well, Johnny, well, no, we're going to mix it up. We're going to have shows that are dedicated to people's visions of heaven. You know, there's the Rebecca Springer book, My Dream of Heaven. There's some... I could I could spend probably three or four radio shows just going over the best of Rebecca Springer, My Dream of Heaven. You know, I mean, let me tell you, it'll bless you, folks. And we all need to, we need that Colossians three two stuff in our lives. We need to stay focused on things above because this the darkness that surrounds us right now. Doing this radio show, preparing for this radio show, it's emotionally devastating to me. I'm just going to tell you that I spend more time bawling my eyes out, and it is emotionally crushing. And so anyway, I'm going to use praise music to pull me out of that state because uh, I need it. And this is just uh, the message for all of us right now, especially because Terry's right. We probably aren't going to be leaving this year. You know, this year, we're probably going to be around for, for 2024 and Donald Trump and civil war and all that kind of stuff. And we might not be, we may not be, we don't know for sure, but just remember Luke 21, 36. I used to ask myself this all the time. Did Luke 21:36 apply to the people in the 1600s? And the answer is kind of not really. Um, it kind of did, but kind of didn't. And here's why. Because the whole Olivet Discourse was contextually focused on one question. Jesus, tell us what it's going to be just before you come. And that Luke 21:36 is embedded 
right beside the scripture that talks about, you know, you can tell the season by virtue of the leaves and the buds on the trees. Watch ye therefore. Amen. And we are watching. And unfortunately, that comes along with watching comes along bad news. But that's where we have to balance it out with praise music and seeking the Lord, spending plenty, plenty. The darker things come, the more time you have to spend in the secret place of the most high. That's that's just absolutely the way it is. Praise God. It's it's a balanced thing. So anyway, God bless you all. Thank you, Terry, so much. Again, a word in do d u e do season dot com. Uh, you know, reach out to her because they do. Her and her husband do pray for people, and um, we all need to be praying for one another. Um, as a matter of fact, your scripture for the night on praying for one another today. Let's go ahead and share one for you. I got this from Sister Nancy, and I love it. And it's 1 Samuel 12, 23. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you. Consider that. Praise God. No wonder Daniel uh, in in Daniel 9, um, what was it, 21 or 20 or 18, right around there, he, he there is Daniel. Confessing of his sins before the Lord. Imagine that. Daniel, beloved of the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Sister Terry. Powerful, powerful message. Spread the word around. Send links around. Encourage people. Because you know what? This show is a powerful show, in, especially in that we shared some of the darkest, creepiest, end-time stuff that you could share that's very sobering alongside of one of the most powerful words of encouragement that we all need very much in our lives right now. And that's a great message because it wakes people up, gets them a little nervous, and then gives them the good news. Praise Jesus. And helps us to understand how to hear the Lord's voice, which, by the way, nowadays, whoo, that's, that's an art. <laughs> Hallelujah. So anyway, thank you, Sister Terry, for joining us today. God bless you, and we'll see you all Wednesday at 7 p.m., Lord willing. Thank you, Terry. Amen. God bless you. God bless you all, and hang in there.
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.